Welcome to Stage Mom Podcast, a podcast for breakthrough bands and artists. Today we have Telecon. Telecon is an indie rock band out of South Florida. I had so much fun when I sat down to get to know these guys. They are super interesting and intelligent. The way that they view music really inspires me to see it from the direction they see it. I found myself talking to them for over two hours and could have sat with them for many more hours and not be bored. Check out their newest single, Underwater, on all music platforms. Okay, so I have Telecon, and I'm going to have them all introduce themselves and let us know a little bit about them individually and what they do in their band. And we will start with... I'm Michael. Uh, I'm 18. Grew up in Aventura, still there right now. Um, I think I bring a little bit of uh, the cure, a little bit of the Smith's energy, um, an alternative take, you know. Mm. Yeah. I'm Tomas. I'm also 18 from Aventura, and um, I play guitar and I sing. And uh, I'd say there's a lot of influences from uh, the police, Foles, and uh, sort of like Oasis, that kind of vibe. Also the Smiths and uh, the Cure, like him, and uh, things of that sort. Uh, Stone Roses, just generally that pop rock type of deal. Um, I'm Lewis. I'm 23. Um, what I try to bring to the band is... Uh, a lot of influence from a lot of psychedelic rock, a lot of jazz stuff. What um, do you play? Oh, what? what? What instrument do you play? Dude, dude you can only hear it. <laughs> uh, I, play, I play drums, um, which uh, is why the John Bonham thing. Uh, I, in terms of influences that are, that are a bit more modern, I think Queens of Stone Age, for sure. Um, some, some metal bands, um, not that we play metal, but... I like to mix things up. I I, I like to stay as uh, genreless as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, your band name. Tell me, what does it mean? <laughs> um. <laughs> do you want to take it? Or? Sure. Uh, this one's really funny. I because people ask me this pretty often because it's a bit of a weird name. Uh, it it really just came out because um. So this was before uh, Lewis was even in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be just Michael and I, and we were, we are notoriously terrible at coming up with names, mm-hmm. any sort of names. So the band had been together for like at least like what, like six months or something, yeah. like a long time. We were making music and recording and stuff, and we didn't have a name for the band. Mm. And um, one day we just like sat down late at night. We're like, okay, this is. We're going to walk out with a name, no matter what happens. And whatever that name is, no matter how much we dislike it, we're sticking to it. And we just started messing around with a bunch of weird shit, like anagrams and all that. And one of them was um, the phrase, let me know, which ended up being the name of our first EP. And we just started, like, messing around with that. And then I got Telecon, and I thought, that was kind of cool, until I realized that the M and the W were missing. And then I was just like, oh, they just cancel out. And so we just like said, all right, whatever. I mean, it's not the best name. Uh, I don't think we'll ever be happy with whatever name we come up with. So we'll just, like, I always remember just, like, seeing, like, 
this interview of Coldplay talking about how they just stole their name from a different band that had disbanded a local band at the time. Really? They're like, yeah, they were. It was a friend of theirs that said, like, yeah, no, our band is disbanded. You guys can take the name if you want. And they were like, well, it'll be a temporary name until we come up with a better one. And they're like, well, now I think it's a little too late yep. to change it. But yeah, yeah and I, I feel like that's gonna that. be us. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Expect me to believe that, bro. The same what? took it from an album. It's a Gary Newman album. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, so, okay, okay, okay. That's literally telecon. I'll, I'll explain that. That was the way we do, too. I, I, I swear to God. No, I swear to God. I swear to God. We did not know the existence. None of us listened to Gary Newman. We did not know of the existence well, of that album. If I dug deeper, I feel like I could. No, no, no. We found it after we made the name. Yeah, but we're like, yeah, that'll be fun. That is so funny. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Um, but that's the story to give me. Uh, that's, so I have that's, to, what we, that's what we like to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> but when someone asks me, like the Gary Newman album, I'm not going to go into that whole thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh people actually ask you that? Three people have. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oof. I mean, yeah. It's especially funny because we don't even make music that's anything like Gary Newman or like what's on that uh, album. And there's also, we found out later on that there's a second telecon. We like to call them evil telecon. <laughs> They're from Spain. And they make, they make EDM music. Really? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's, it's funny because um, the way that YouTube, the system works is that they just kind of group. Uh, if you have multiple artists that have the same name they all just get grouped into the same channel mm -hmm. oh, yeah. uh, because indie art the only way to fix that is if you contact youtube and okay. if you know anything about youtube is that they don't con right. they're yeah. impossible to contact so we have we have ownership of the channel okay. we even have like it's our logo on it it's our videos and stuff but then there's also their music that's also just kind of there <laughs> yeah. just sitting there and we're like is it any good <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I'm not. I don't. I don't know that much yeah. about EDM. Yeah. 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 That's right. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Are we gonna start a telecon feud? The two telecons against each other. Might. My contest. Just might. The telecontest. So what got you guys into music? Uh, I think I, I was just listening to a lot of Queen. Okay. And I saw. Brian May made his own guitar, and I was like, if he made his own guitar when he was, like, really young, surely I can learn the guitar. I'll try learning the guitar. And I was like, okay, I'm not getting very far with this. And so I joined a band as, hopefully, the guitarist, and he was in it as the drummer. But I quickly became the bassist, and I was blended a bass from him, I believe. No, 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 you no, no, didn't no, have a bass at the time. No, yeah, I didn't have so I was lending a bass from Tommy for a while. Yeah. And then after that, I gradually learned the bass. <laughs> it was a slow process for a few months. Wasn't that slow? Wasn't that slow? Nah. I don't remember. And now you're a bass god. There it is. Some may have called me the bass god once or twice. <laughs> the CEO of bass, some might say. He may or may not be known as the bass god. He yes. prayed to my shrine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it all started with um, Brian May's guitar. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it was just like a family thing, uh, okay. first and foremost, just because my dad 
when he was my age, also played guitar growing up. Okay. And the difference is that he grew up in, like, a small town in Argentina, and uh, so for him, like, that, that whole thing of, like, becoming a musician for a living was never even an option or anything he had considered. Uh, I'm lucky enough that um, I live here in the United States right. where that's, like, a lot more of a possibility. Right. And... I think for a long time, I was never really that into music. In fact, I remember thinking as a kid, just like, I can't even fathom the, that ability of like being able to make a song from scratch. Like how, how would you even go about that? Right. And, um, there was always just a guitar lying around in my house, especially because my sister started playing at some point mm -hmm. and she has an incredible voice, even though she stopped playing all music because she has a lot of stage fright. Oh, really? Yeah. No, she just doesn't, she just doesn't get into music, but, um, I, as a kid, I remember in fifth grade, what was, the, what was our music teacher's name? Le, Lukowski. Lukowski. It was Mr. Lukowski's class, and he had brought in this electronic drum kit, this, okay. like, really small kit. And little, like, five-year-old me, just going, like, stupid brain, was like, this is so fun, I get to hit things, and it makes music and whatever. And I begged my parents for, like, a good three years to get me a drum set. And they never did it because they're like, it's too much noise, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, they gave in <laughs> in, like, seventh grade. And that's when I started playing drums. Okay. And uh, I joined that band that he was also in, which is how we really, even though we, would, we like, grew up in the same school, we never really right. talked until that. And that's how we really became acquainted. And, um, yeah, from then, I just started picking up other instruments along the way. And now, I guess, guitar is just the one I've stuck with the most. That's your instrument of choice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, it's funny that I'm now in the band, because I started with on guitar, and now moved on to drums. <laughs> yeah. So it's very... We It's transition, um, but I'm going, I'm reverting back to his five-year-old self. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, um, But I, I started off, when I was, when I was a kid, I was a very bookish kid. Okay. Uh, I just read a lot, and I like watching movies, and that was like my my big things. Right. Play, playing video games like casually. Right. Um, but um, when I was like around fourteen, fifteen, I had an idea to become a filmmaker or oh. become a writer, you know. And um, but I didn't like music at all. Like I thought music was like a low form of art. Right, right. Because you can't tell an hour long story. You. Can't... I was the same way. I was really into film before I was into music. Yeah. yeah, and I and. And honestly, my parents are not super musically expressive. Like, my dad just listens to standard classic rock. My mom listens to, like, Christian rock. Okay. And then there was Top 40. And I was like, oh, that's what old modern music has to offer Right, me. right. That's, so I liked classical music and, like, video game music and, like, movie music. And I had this, and uh, growing up, I wasn't very social. But uh, the one best friend I had at the time was really into listening to albums. Mm-hmm. And you listen to, like, two a day. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, that blew my mind. Right. And I was like, is, does he not realize he's wasting his time? I gotta, I gotta be proven wrong somehow, right? And I'm like, I'm like, listen, bro, what, what you see in it? And he was like, go home, listen to, like, he gave me a list of, like, ten albums. But the first one on the list was Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, and I listened to that, and it blew my mind. Right. I was like, oh, this is someone using the medium to tell a story right. that's big, that's expansive, that's universal. Right. And I was like, oh my God, you can do this. <laughs> I became obsessed. I listen to that album every single it's day. It's a great album. 
for like a I, year. How old were you when this happened? I was like 15. Wow, and, it, and, like and from there. 15 year old to feel that way. I, well, it was just like, it was just for, for whatever reason. Um, I, I, I know I'm like, I'm like, right. I'm like being able to speak it. Like, if you ask me why I like the album right, so right. much at 15, I have no idea. Right. I just need to listen to it. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Like, and not just that, I was like, oh, then, then there's a whole world. Cause from the 10 albums, I branched out a bunch. I started doing what he'd doing two albums, three albums a day. Right. Um, and, but that's been my go-to, and from there, I was like, okay, making a movie is way harder, takes more money, and I have to think about a lot more options, but uh, making an album, way simpler, mm-hmm. right? So I worked towards that. I got myself a little electric drum set, drum set, um, a uh, guitar. Um, I had a keyboard. Uh, I never got good at keyboard. <laughs> uh, I got myself a bass, and I, I worked at that, and... I released, uh, like, one album in high school, one album once I, uh, when I was, like, going through college, and now I'm working on doing drums, and with this band. I fucking love it. <laughs> so, what do you like better, the electric drums or the regular? Because I No, the regular. Me too, yeah. The re- like, that's... I never understood, like, why anybody would choose to play the electric, like... My, my daughter, she's starting to teach lessons to people, and they're like, oh, well, we have an electric drum set at the house. Maybe. I'm like, why would you not want to learn on? They're like, well, this is what he's going to be playing, you know. Then. I mean, there's a lot of people I can tell you that um, the way they feel about it is just that uh, you have a more expansive range of sounds mm-hmm. when it comes to electronic drum kit. Yeah. You can do true. You can do a lot of things with that. Um, but it's always like a, a, a struggle with us because... Um, he 100% prefers, like, the acoustic kit, but uh, where we rehearse, in my garage, um, despite my first instrument being drums, I never actually, I've never had an acoustic set. It's always been just really? this little electric kit that I had, and he's always playing with that while we were, were rehearsing, and he's like, God, I wish I, wish I had the acoustic kit right now. This would oh, yeah. just make things so much easier. Mm-hmm. But I, I think also just for us in terms of, like, because we're so, our music is, like, 100% just, like, homegrown or whatever mm-hmm. like we record it all ourselves in our garage it's a lot more useful to have recording wise that electronic drum kit because we can mess with the sound yeah. a lot more we can determine what we want to do with it a lot e- a lot more easily and also just to record drums you need so many microphones right, yeah. and a lot of you need to learn a lot of things whereas with this it's it's midi you you plug it in you click record and you're good and yeah some people are going to be able to tell they're going to be like oh that's that's not an acoustic, that's an electronic kit, but I even sometimes find it hard to tell a lot of the times if it's actually, like, a real recorded drum kit or if it's, like, really? electronic. Nowadays, you can get really good with that. Yeah, yeah, nowadays, like, some of the softwares that they've made is, like, it's actually crazy. Have you have you listened to uh, Random Access Memories? No. Uh, Daft Punk? No. You guys listen to that? I, I, no, I don't can't remember any of the songs, MIDI, but I know bro. Every single instrument on that album is MIDI. Right, yeah, I remember. I remember. And I, about that. It's, yeah. it's it's it blows my mind because it does sound like it sounds like a full-on orchestra. Really? Yeah, but and that's like 2010. So like the technology people right. have nowadays. Yeah. yeah, if you're good enough, like producer, like you can you well, can really make some. Well, that's producer. Yeah, I'm yeah. the I'm the like producer. Nice. I okay. I just and that's even what I'm going to try to study for college, just right. because that's um, you know. 
It'll help you. Yeah, it's fun. And even, like, outside of our own music, I like just being able to, like, like I've been doing that with a, a friend of mine recently who uh, she also wants to do music, and uh, she'll just, like, come into the studio, and I like to sort of produce that, too, which is also an interesting experience because, uh, for the most part, it's always been, like, producing, like, my own right, things, right. things that I've written or that he's written or that right. we've all, or he's written or we've right. all written together. But um, that's very interesting because it's, I didn't write this. Right. I'm not singing on it either. Mm-hmm. I have to learn how to work with someone else's voice, how right. to mix that. Yeah. And because, um, yeah, obviously everything else is like, yeah. I'm recording my own guitars yeah. and whatever, but I'm not recording my own vocals. Right. So it's like, okay, how do I work around that? How do I make And you sound? also have to see past your own opinion on it. Like, yes. You have to really yes. get yourself into their head and what they're thinking that they want it to be. No, especially because... I would have a hard time with this. Yeah. I'm a Really? Yeah. I mean, no, yeah, it's especially because um, her music is very, like, pop, like mm-hmm. uh, like Taylor Swift type deal. Okay. And ours is very much not. Right. And um, I don't even know necessarily what you, uh, what you would describe it as, but seeing as most people say that we sound like the Smiths and the Cure and the Police, right, it's right. very different from that. Mm-hmm. So it's like I got to sort of listen to those things and listen to, like, okay, what sound am I trying to capture? Because mm-hmm. it's not what I listen to every day. It's something that's completely different. Right. But yeah. Well, I will tell you, I've been going crazy. I've, I've heard your unreleased song, Underwater. Mm. Underwater. So good. Yeah. I've played it so many times. I, and I'm sorry, but I did leak it to my brother-in-law because I had to know <laughs> what it sounded like. <laughs> I was like, I have to send you this song because he was like back in the day in the 80s. It reminds me of an 80s song. And that as soon as as soon as it kicks off, I'm like, this is like I can't think of the band. So and he was like hardcore rat, Motley Crue, like all them Scorpion, everybody back in the eighties. And I was like, I'm sending this to you, you're gonna tell me who they sound like. He's like, It's very eighties, but I can't pinpoint the band either. Yeah. So we don't know, we just know that it's very eighties <laughs> and it's a great like when it comes out. It's coming out next week. Yeah, uh, well, as of recording this, yes, February 12th is when okay. it would be coming out. And awesome. the funny thing is, uh, since this is being released later, I can kind of talk about it, because okay. the plan is actually kind of to release it as a surprise. Mm, okay. Because, you know, it is coming out next week, and we haven't announced it yet. Okay. Right now, what we're talking about is just, like, the album and all that. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be, like, kind of, like, out of nowhere, like, surprise, here it is. Right. Uh, maybe, like, a day before okay. announce it or something, but it's just, like... It just kind of comes out and uh, as part of, like, promotion for the album. Because that's, like, where it's all leading up right. towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw on your Instagram you were saying we have big, a big announcement or big plans. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And I've been checking back to see what it is and I haven't heard yet. But now I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you get the sneak. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, okay. So, you two um, went to school together. How did you meet... Louis, 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 yes. We, uh, we're all really bad with names. It's okay. Awful. All three of us. I'm going to start having everybody wear name tags because I'm awful. We're one of those, like, hello, my name is, no, uh, we, our, our, that story is actually pretty standard. It's really just, um, because in Aventura, unfortunately, there's not a lot of, um, I guess what you could call cultivation of the arts. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people do that kind of stuff. And the people that are into making music usually don't make the kind of music that we're looking for. Right. Finding a drummer was damn near impossible. Like we, we it was struck... right in your hands. You were a drummer. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, th- that's what we were, because it's like, because in the original band, since I was the drummer, it was like, okay, should we just 
keep that dynamic, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm tired of that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted, this is what I'm leaning more towards now, so I want to see if I can do that. Right. So it's like, okay, let's find a drummer so that I don't have to worry about that side of things any longer. And I was always just like, I'll admit, even like in the old band, I was a bit of an asshole when it came to that because um, I love guitar pedals mm-hmm. and all that. So like, I would be there like telling our guitarist, Tommy, like, Yo, you should use this pedal. You should you should turn this knob. This you should do that. And and um, yeah, that that was definitely a very just like not good thing for me to do because mm-hmm. that's that, a guitarist sound. That's their thing. You don't you don't touch that. That's right. that's their like sort of like their yeah. baby. And um, and I think that's sort of when I started to realize that like that that's probably what I want to do more. Just because I was a lot more like anal about that about right. the sound of the guitar than i was about the drums even though i was better at playing it right. i was just better when it came to that but um back to the original question uh we were just we were trying to find a drummer and we couldn't and so eventually we're like you know what let's just post it on instagram oh, okay. and see what happens just like looking for a drummer and he stumbled upon it nice. and he hit us up and uh we sent him like a few of the because nothing had been recorded yet it was just right. demos we sent him a few of the demos at the time um and he was like, yeah, I'm on board. I'd, I'd like to tell the story. Yes. From your um, perspective? From my perspective. <laughs> yes. Well, we get the truth out of him, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the one that makes us look bad, but... Uh... <laughs> I, I, st- I keep you guys grounded. <laughs> um, he humbles us. <laughs> so, um, so, so for me, uh, I, I had the same problem with a uh, couple of projects that I worked with where I was being super picky about how i wanted the drums to sound and it started being very frustrating and i realized that it's just that there's things that i want to express on drums um yeah like if i if i were to go that particular the drummers in my bands wouldn't wouldn't be expressing themselves you know uh and i i can't get in the way of that and on top of that oh and i got a drum set from a friend uh he uh gave it to me because his um he has a he has a, a a relative who who uh had a drug issue and would okay. just constantly pawn his stuff oh, just man. randomly and he's like you have to keep he's, he was going off to the military he's like you gotta keep the drum set it's for you it's right. for the bands and so i got a free drum set wow. like that um so god bless um but so i, I just th- things started started stagnating in the bands because uh you know there was no shows there's no growth i'm like okay i want to do something different musically uh-huh. saw their ad on instagram i responded uh i and keep in mind like i had the drum set but i wasn't practicing on it right. i wasn't playing on it maybe touch it like once a week right um went over and i'm expecting okay i'm gonna jam with some dudes and we might do this a couple more times but i don't think like a real band will come out uh, out of this I know I've heard your demos, but like, you know, I've done, you know, I played with bands who have demos and then nothing really comes from it, especially because uh, with no show factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, let's see how it goes. I go, I show up there. He's got a whole studio set up. He's got a MIDI <laughs> drum set. I'm like, I'm like, I, I didn't even bring drumsticks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, maybe you will have some sticks there. 
But I look so bad. And then he's like, okay, we're going to play the songs. You remember those demos? I'm like, yeah, we're going to play those songs. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I barely get through them. And then he's like, okay, it sounds good. We can do this next week, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also just like, to, I remember him and I, we were looking at each other when it was happening, like, oh. Because for us, it was revolutionary because I specific, good. It's specifically yeah. for me because, like, I I can imagine for him that it, it, maybe it wasn't as much of a shock, but I had never, ever, ever played music with a different drummer. Right. I had, you know, every time that I was playing guitar, it was just the guitar. So, like, to hear also a rhythm behind what I was playing, it was like, whoa, so this is what it's like right. to be a guitar player right. in a band. And it's like, I felt like it's like, okay, no longer do I have to, like, get behind the drum set, record, and then it's like, okay, now I can get up and I can play guitar. It was like, we can all just do it at the same time. Right. I felt like it was just easier to get out ideas that way. And it's like, yeah, he he started off in a bit of a rough place, uh -huh. playing-wise, because, you know. Without like, sticks. Right. <laughs> he was just going like John Bonamart. And he started, like, you know, uh, I don't know how long ago, you, how long did you start playing? Like, like, uh, like a year and a half ago, start taking it like a uh, series, series. Wow. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so we were like, okay, let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. And he was improving at a rate that I don't think either of us predicted. Right, right. It was like, like seriously, like impressively fast. And we were like, whoa, okay, okay, this is like. Right. Like, at first, it's like you have your doubts. It's like, eh, can he really keep up? And then he does keep up, and you're right. like, oh. That's okay. going to be in a lot of cases. Really? Yeah, and I write a lot of my, my stuff. Yeah. I have to relearn them. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's the one that writes it, and then I remember it for him. Uh-huh. Like, um, like, I remember one of our songs on the EP. Um, if we haven't it was it live, it was sit still, it. Yeah, it was Sit Still Boy. Yeah. Mm. And it was, uh, I remember that... Uh, because I had that song just kind of lying around for a while, and I was like, yeah, we, maybe we should do this one. And I showed it to him, and I'm like, yeah, it's just basic chords. It's okay. just a bunch of basic open chords. I was like, do whatever you want with it. And then he pulls out this bass riff, like, immediately out of nowhere. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And, like, like a week or two later, he comes back. I'm like, yo, can you do that again? And he's like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, the thing, the thing. And I'm like, I play, I play oh, for him. And he's like, I play for him. He's like, I wrote that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> that is hysterical. So how long have you guys all been together now since finding yeah. Lewis? Uh, well, I, I think I think the first time he came to Jam was like the weekend that Purple Finch came out. So it must have been, like, I remember it being like April, right? Like beginning of April. Okay, so, so almost a year. Yeah, we haven't even hit a year yet, which is crazy because we i feel like we wait wait not a year true. no no that's we have can't be true no i know it's i know it's true i know it's true we can look through the text i know yeah, that's crazy because i feel like we've just been like running around like scrambling trying to do so right. much shit it's like it has to have been a year but now we just kind of right. it's a it's a very arduous climb the months only get busier oh yeah yeah do you guys do a lot of gigging or we're trying yeah <laughs> yeah i mean this year has been well, you know, I, I, I feel, I think we, the three of us feel particularly blessed in that sense because last year was impossible. Like, I remember our first gig was back in June, and it was in this, like, dinky little warehouse. Oh, yeah, we've all been to those dinky warehouses. Oh, yeah, yeah. like, no AC. it was, yeah. no, no AC. No, there it was, was, there was one fan. 
There was, there was, <laughs> that was it. Like, the farthest away from us as possible. It's like yay big. And yeah, you know, little middle, literal, like smack dab middle of Miami oh, summer. Oh, probably the same place that I went. I stood in the middle of the street. I was like, watched from the middle of the street because it was that small. Yeah. I don't know because because well, the way we had it was we we're playing on the, the door walls. opens okay. stage. On the on the right oh. of the door, like immediately right. Yeah. So as soon as you walk in, it was sound blast in your ear. Oh yeah. It was. No, it, was but it was insane. I had, I had a bunch of fun. That was. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. That's that's my daughter's band. That's their favorite gigs. The these small little warehouses where you you're in the middle of Miami and you're about to die. Yeah. Because yeah. The street over was just a murder. And, and you're just standing. <laughs> They yeah, there's the thing. there's there's like a certain like energy to. It. And I remember even before it being a little nervous, like uh, and he was like, "Don't worry," because he's like the veteran of the band. He's like uh-huh. our mentor. He's like the, "Don't worry, man. I've played some pretty like sus shows. This looks like it's like it won't be that bad." We walk in literally two seconds, and he goes, "Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely one of the grimiest places I've played at." And I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> No, it was no. At first, you're like nervous, but then once you like the people start showing up, Mm -hmm. and you realize, wow, everyone here is actually like really chill. Like they're just here to listen to the music and have fun. And you start playing, and it's just like you're just in it. Yeah, it's like. Have you guys played at Underground Coffee House? Yes. Yes. Do you also feel the floor move and everything when when you? We didn't. Oh, you didn't. But I heard people who were in the audience constantly talking, like they were saying, like, yeah, kind of scared there for a minute. Like it was like. But the the coffee house was actually probably. Everybody crashes. I'm telling you, like, you literally, like, you. I hope bad. not. That was one of my like, one of my favorites. Honestly, yeah, that like, was a fun one. But I'm, I'm, man, I went in there. I was like, I almost, I was like, I gotta stop the show. My kid's gonna be on the bottom floor soon. It was it's scary. I don't know. I've seen that place packed. I've oh, seen this that was place. packed, okay. and that's why I was like, yeah, we were also packed like, we too, which even is get why in the room. Like, yeah, no, once yeah, you get yeah. to that level, I'd be worried. I'd yeah. be worried. That's fair. I feel like yeah. when there's less people, maybe you don't notice it as much, but when there's, like, um, that's yeah, the I don't know, there was, like, like there, yeah. there's probably, like, 200 people that can yeah. fit in there. Oh, probably definitely more. against the fire marshal code. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. One yeah. small yeah. staircase. Oh, yeah, yeah. so to get all of your gear inside, yeah. is, it was, uh, that was painful. You the drummer's mother, okay? I'm the tricky roadie. She carries her stick bag, and then she was suddenly, oh, the drums are here. How'd they get them? Well, they be set up in time for the show. <laughs> so what do you guys love most about being musicians? Who wants to go first? Um, what do I love most about being a musician? Uh, Why would you assume I love? <laughs> <laughs> Both of you assume. An assumption here. <laughs> Since you are in a band. <laughs> Unless you're getting paid really well, I would assume you love it. Yeah, just like in the on the down low, we're actually just like industry plans, just like getting paid to do this. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Like like K-pop stars. Oh, yeah, right. Stars. Is that against our NDA? Our NDA? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you're going to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but unironically, I think it's got to be the initial, like, rush mm-hmm. when you write the piece. Okay. That's in your head for that however, forget, however long. That, that you'll forget the next week. Yeah, some, sometimes. <laughs> there's, like, I keep on writing. Like, I have mm-hmm. a book 
with me at all times, just in case, like, I'm walking down the street one day, and then, like, a little thing comes right. into my mind, and I can't remember it for the That's life. smart. But a lot of the times when I do come up with those things, like, it's a bit hard to forget until you do write it, and then, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to remember it, I guess. Right. But I just love it when I could go back and listen to it, because mm-hmm. we recorded it. Mm-hmm. But it is a pain recording. It is. It is. Sometimes. It is. Yeah. yeah, I talked to a guy the other day that he just released a new song, and it, um, I don't know if you guys heard of Super Bowl. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I was talking with Alex, and his new song, Gasoline's incredible. Um, but he said he walked around that, and the intro beat years in his head. Mm. So, yeah. It's like, great to finally get it out. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. if you're a perfectionist. Yeah. That is you one of those. Until... Right. That is one of those things that does, um, that I do love a lot. It's just, uh, like, I know one of the songs that's going to come out in the album that's called Better Day. That one, I wrote that in summer of 2019. Okay. And it's, uh, like, I can't even remember writing it anymore. It was so long ago. It's like, wow. It's just crazy that, like, something can stick around for so long. And then you finally get to see it, like, come to fruition right it's like i've had this idea i've had these like demos lying around like five different versions of it and now finally this is this is it right but Mm. if i had to pinpoint like the one thing that i uh love the most about music is just how how much it can how close it can get to an emotion that you've either felt before or are currently feeling. Right. Whether that is lyrically or musically. Right. Because sometimes, honestly, I just kind of shut my brain to the lyrics or to the music. And it's like, sometimes the lyrics have nothing to do with it, but the music makes me feel something very specific. And that's what keeps me going back to that song. Or the lyrics make me feel something very specific. So that's what keeps me going back to that song instead of just like the overall message. And then there's those that are like both combined the lyrics and the music are just exactly what you need and whether that is listening to it and sometimes just like singing it or playing it it's like i don't know there's like a certain sense of like completion right i've done something that produces some sort of emotion right it's fulfilling in some way right uh, I, i'd have to go with my access to uh to flow which is um it's a um, it's a mental state. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with that? No. I I don't I don't remember what it stands for, but it's a it's a but a flow state is you know like being in the flow. Um, I know, but it's uh it's in a sense when you take on a very challenging activity mm-hmm. and you have to think your way out, right? Mm-hmm. And usually when you have like a singular problem that's not very time specific, you can look at it. You can have an insight. Go have an aha moment. You solve problem. Right. But then say you do this constantly for a series of 10 seconds mm-hmm. or a series of five seconds or a series of one second. And then you get to literally continuous aha moment. That's a flow state. And usually this happens with like all types of very like challenging and versatile activities. It's gotta be activities where, um, you're getting, um, real time, uh, correction okay so like you know exactly when you mess up right like it can't be like a like a normal test you can't go into flow state normal test unless you can see every single problem you're getting right every single one you're getting wrong and you can adjust to that so guys so very typical one is like rock climbing okay um of course there's music 
there's chess. There's a, I, I've seen people have this for calculus, mm. even. Just like when they get into like, oh, this starts crossing out, this starts crossing out, this right, starts right. crossing out. And they get that fountain of aha moment. And right. I, I, pref- I now actually um, it really enjoy playing drums because I can achieve that flow state. Right. Where what I'm thinking about strategically and what my, what is my, mon- my muscle memory is lining up perfectly. Right. Um, that's also another thing. It's got to have some level of like you have trained up to that skill set. You can't go into flow state on something you've tried on the first day. Right. Uh, so it's got to have some muscle memory to it. So if your muscle memory is acting more than, is acting faster than how you're thinking, you get bored. Right. Too easy. Right. Your muscle memory can't catch up. It's too difficult. Right. You can't, but once you get that balance, you reach that flow state, it, there's something very crazy that happens where you lose that sense of self. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. I'm, I'm a really big psychology nerd, and <laughs> and I've, I've always thought of drumming and psychology go hand, right. hand in hand with what's my general interest in it, which is the idea of, like, I can get on drums, hit stuff, and not think. Right. And be it, and just be in the zone. And I think, I find that very, very therapeutic. Yeah, no, I, and the way you explained it to me makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and of course, the, the idea that I can record an album and mm-hmm. sit home. Yeah. I can be like, this is a good album. Yeah. It has nothing to do with whether or not I recorded it or I'm on it. I'm like, this is the type of music I like. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Another one of my favorite aspects of the band, though, is like seeing him at Flow State live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, seeing, seeing musicians in Flow State live. Seeing all, being immersed in the Flow State. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The live aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think I, I think there's a point, there's a certain point you get to where you can just, like, look at, uh, we can just look at each other and tell, oh, he's not feeling it today, oh, he's right. feeling it today. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and it, it, it's it's impressive just, like, how when you look at one of your band members and you're like, oh, he's feeling it, uh, it's almost like you're getting guilt trips, you're like, he's feeling it. That means I should be feeling it, too. Right. And then you just, you start getting into it, too, and it's right. like, you you start like getting like feet interlocked, off yeah. yeah, and the energy yeah. just like grows bigger yeah. and bigger. It's like, and I feel like those those are the moments that, in terms of playing live, make it the most uh, satisfying, right? Just like, okay, we played played the first song. That's that was pretty good. Oh, the second song that was even better. Oh, the right. third song was even better. And so just the energy uh, yeah. keeps on climbing, yeah. And climbing yeah. until you burn eventually just burn out and crash and like, okay, right. we're done for today. Right. Yeah. So tell me a story behind one of your songs. Which one are we going to go with? Uh, I don't know which which song do, you, do which one is your favorite actually? I'm I'm curious. My favorite of the songs. It could be even like an unreleased one. You can say a name. Same old fault. Same old fault. Yeah. I don't know how it's. Um, that one's pretty old. Uh, it was written, like, I think, that I definitely know that while I was writing it, I had something in mind in terms of just, like, fake friends and friendships. Okay. And all that. And that's why, just, like, in some shows, before the song starts, I just kind of, like, say it like that, like, uh, this one's about fake friends and just, like, leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I think it also just makes it more, kind of, like, I guess... It's kind of funny in a way. I don't know. It's like, yeah, here's a song about fake friends, and then you just start playing this, like, 
this like heavy distorted bass riff. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay. Um, I I can't say that I really remember a lot of what that song was written about. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it was just it just kind of captured. It was just an amalgamation of all the frustrations I guess I'd been feeling right. at the time because I do remember like. For some reason, I remember, like, four other songs that I was also working on at the same time as this song. And I feel like that one is just, like, the amalgamation of all that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens sometimes where it's, like, you're trying to write a specific song, and then you have, like, five different songs that are sort of like that, you mm-hmm. know, lyrically. But musically, they're completely different. And then you just kind of hit, like, the one. Right. Where it's, like, okay, this is this is the version that I want to go with. Right. And it's completely different. It's literally a different song from the other ones, but it just kind of fits. Um, but in terms of my favorite, I think just out of the, the fact that this is the one that people tend to enjoy most live is, uh, one that came out on our EP, uh, and it's called Give Me a Minute, and that one's just, it's like a slow sort of ballad type deal. And what's that about? That one is about, it's about a girl, mm-hmm. and it's about, like, just... You're 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 into her, and she's into you, but you're not really sure if if it's like that, and you're not sure if it's a good idea, and you start thinking to yourself, man, maybe I shouldn't keep just like hanging on like this because it's not really fair to the both of us to just like kind of keep that going. But it's like I still feel like I need to think about it. It's like, should I? Just just give me a minute. Just yeah. give me a minute. <laughs> it, it's really sad to have written a song where the name of it is such a common phrase because now the amount of people that make jokes about it, like, right. it's a phrase that I genuinely unironically say all the time. Right, be right. Like, like, somebody tells me, oh, can you do this for me? I'll be like, yeah, give me a minute. And they'll just, like, be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that joke, like, times. <laughs> and I wonder how, I, I can have just imagine David Gilmore just being like, you got the time. Yeah, that's time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm. So, let me ask you, if you had the opportunity to open up for one musician or band, who would it be? I think I know their answer. And... There's a lot. I don't know. I'm also assessing, like, which one I'm going to not be intimidated by. <laughs> this is a very, very important factor, because, like, I'd love to open up for Herbie Hancock, but, like... <laughs> um, I don't know. You think King Gizzard? I knew you were going to say King Gizzard. I was thinking in my head, I know what they're yeah, going to say. Like, King I, I, I don't even want to... I've never heard of them. I have to... They are the oh. best thing to ever come out of Australia. They're, they're a... <laughs> All right, King Gizzard? And yes. the lizard wizard. So get this, it's a really weird name. They're finally coming here. They're progressive rock <gasps> in June. Okay. But they're they're really danceable and punky. Psychedelic. Okay. Is it? Am I spelling this correctly? King Gizzard. Yes. yes. Okay. And, the and, the, lizard, and the lizard wizard. Well, if I get that far, yeah. the, no, they'll, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll okay. autofill. <laughs> yeah. This is strange. They name. are an insanely committed band. Yeah. I think that's really what got me into like. Um, it really got me thinking. Like, anyone can make art and succeed they released um in 2017 or 2018 they released four albums in a row okay no five 
Five wow. albums that year. In one five year? Albums? Yeah. So that was that, that was their work. It was it was like a good forty eight. Holy crap. Yeah. Keep in mind these are these are concept, these are connected concept albums. Yeah. All different genres. Oh, wow. Like they they, they are so ahead. And they, they also like they also recorded certain albums on their iPhones. Just like, you gotta be kidding me. No, yeah. And it sounds good. No, they got they got all types of stuff. Like yeah, so, so every single like sub genre oh, yeah, of like, psychedelic too. rock you can think of, mm-hmm. they have done a version of that. Yeah. So they got their folk rock album, they got their heavy metal album, they got their acoustic like, they got their microtonal Middle Eastern album. Microtonal yes. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. Wow. Amazing. They're stuff. they're fantastic. That's yeah, I know that's very talented. Like if you can pull off every single genre like that, like also they got two drummers, which is kinda nuts. Not anymore? No. I mean they they did it for some time, then they had the yeah. two drummers, then I guess not. But it used to yeah. be a seven piece and now there's a six, yeah. there's a six piece. I think that probably also definitely contributes to the level of their output, just having so many members in the band that can yeah. creatively right. put into that. That's true. That's yeah. very true, yeah. I mean uh, if I had to pick a band to open for, purely because it's the band that I'm currently obsessed with, it's uh-huh. a band called Foles. Uh, they're from England, okay. and um, they would be so intimidated. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I would, I would be intimidated too, just because like they're they're just one of those bands that are like incredibly tight live. Like right. if you watch their live performances, um, it, it's a, it's insane. It's Fucking insane. Album. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy. And then there's certain songs that they change it up from the album completely, and it sounds even better. Right, right. Um, they they have like five members. Well, had five members. Some of them have left, but um, they started off. It, what what I think like what I admire most about them is just the fact that they. It's similar to King Gizzard. It's just the amount of genres that they can tap into because they started off doing this sort of like like block party, good shoes type of like math rock. That's not really math rock. It's more on the like rock and pop side but it's got that like sort of like jingly guitars very high up on the neck type of deal sort of very intricate drum patterns or whatever that was their first album and it was very energetic and it was like dance grooves and all that and then the second album is like a completely 180 degree turn where they're doing like very just like spacey and vibey synth stuff that like a lot of reverb and delay just like very big soundscapes and there's they have they have like a literal just like dance rock album right. like a very uh, one that's like pretty heavy right. and they just kind of do a little bit of everything and I think mm-hmm. I admire that a lot how yeah. they can not only do that but they can pull it off live too right like you see them you you can tell which song is from which album from which era from which year just because like it's crazy how they switch like immediately it's like mm-hmm. okay now we're gonna do a song that's completely different and they just do it perfectly fine yes. right yeah that's yeah. amazing that is admirable though yeah. Like I said, I, I'm just the roadie. I've never played an instrument. The recorder, I was forced to play the recorder in fifth grade. But Me other too. than that, like, I wouldn't even know how to, I would never even attempt it, ever. I just, I don't, I can't uh, multitask. Like, I can't, like, talk and walk at the same time. Like, I could just not imagine, like, having to, like, move all my fingers at the same time to play a guitar. Or, I mean, that's like, also it. what I went through. Uh, really? Like yeah, that, I mean that that I I think I said that earlier on. I was a kid. I used to just be like, how do people do this? Like, right, right, I, yeah. I like I would just watch it or hear it, like listen to it, and I'd be like, I I'm never, I never even considered a musician as a career, just because I was like, like that's just like too big brain for me. That's too high level intellect, and it's just kind of like baby steps. Like you you start off just thinking like yeah, I'm just doing this 
like I'm just playing this riff and it's kind of fun. And it's like, oh, now I'm playing the whole song. Now I'm playing multiple songs. Now I'm playing multiple instruments. I'm a guitarist now. Yeah, it's like it's like now I'm writing songs and it's like, oh, maybe I actually can do this. Right, right. And but yeah, it's weird how it just kind of starts out as this, like, not even a pipe dream. It's just like you don't even consider it. You're just like, yeah, something cool. Yeah. Do you guys do covers? Not really. We did it on our first show. Yeah. We did uh, I Want to Be Adored by the Stone Roses. Okay. Um, we used to do a lot. I, 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 yeah. Our old band was a cover band. It was. So, yeah, yeah. It was just something that we did a lot, but then... I notoriously hate covers. Do yeah. You? Okay. See, that's interesting. That's well, a, you're the first it's... person that's told me that, because I do ask that question a lot, especially bands like you that have a lot of their own original stuff out. Mm. I'm not a fan. There's, I think there's two things. It's just that, A, I used to be, like, I used to play, like, cover bands. Right. Um, and I used to do that for a couple of years, and I got very tired of it. And um, me and, and my uh, my bandmate at the time that quit on the same night of, on that cover band, we uh, we got really drunk. We celebrated. We were like, no more covers. We can't do that <laughs> in the freaking parking lot <laughs> right after the gig. Because we were just so done. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't even like the band's fault. It was uh-huh. mostly uh, the place we were playing covers at. The manager was like getting super uber specific, specific about which covers, oh, what really? style. Like it's Where like. Where was that playing at? This was like some bar in in um, near um, like Margate, Dania Beach area. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't really remember what it's called. This was like three years ago or something. It's probably closed down now. Oh it's no! Closed. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I, just just for the sake of the employees, I'm like, oh Jesus! I hope they're free now. Because <laughs> the, the manager was awful. Oh, uh, but yeah. So from that, and also the the idea of like a lot of what I like to do is the creative process. I always feel mm-hmm. like in the age of streaming and headphones and mm-hmm. like and having data anywhere, why would you want to play someone else's yeah, music? That's true. I mean, unless you that is I, such a good point. Unless you you because now when you present a cover, you got to think of like okay, I either got to do this as good as say like a band like you know Zeppelin or Black mm-hmm. Sabbath, or I have to change it enough that it's yep. irrecognizable. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I also, I, I, I do, I will say I don't despise doing covers nearly as much as Lewis, but it's, <laughs> I think I've over time just like grown sort of disenchanted with it just because um, it's, it's fun to do sort of like in the, in your just like rehearsal room. Right, right. I feel like what that does is it, um, it helps us focus more on the uh, live aspect of it and like the staying oh, yeah. getting tighter right. type of mm-hmm. type of thing. But when you're playing it live, it's like if you're playing a cover, mm-hmm. unless everybody knows it, yeah, it's sort of like why bother? Uh huh. Because especially since we're our goal is to promote ourselves as like a commercial band exactly. that is like trying to sell our yeah. own music. It's like why would we bring in somebody else's music that? has no place with ours in terms of style or whatever, even if we like it a lot, even if we like playing it, it's just, especially if the people don't know it, it's just like, um, there's been circumstances, for example, like Lewis brought up a show recently that we could do. That's like, like two hours long. Mm -hmm. 
at that point, yeah, you start considering it's like, okay, we do not have, our entire discography is not two hours long. Right. We should probably bring in some so covers some just to like yeah. pad out the time. And also because it's a, an environment where it's like, like people aren't there to watch our music. Like what was it? It was like a, like a little shopping area thing. It's like, it's like thing. a marketplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the idea is that since it's no, no one's paying tickets yep. to right. come see us. Yeah. We don't have to, yeah, we don't have the responsibility of giving them telecom, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, at that point, it's more about the experience of, like, uh, getting, yeah, getting out there, like, playing more shows and just, like, which we've been trying to do a lot. January was, like, an insane month for us. But, um. Our biggest by far. Yeah? Yeah, just because last year it was, um, especially with all the COVID stuff Mm -hmm. and, like, like, yeah, from our first gig in June, we had, like, our second gig was like end of August, and the uh, first one was beginning of June. End of August was like super spit. Right, yeah. Like the entirety of that summer break, we didn't, which was kind of good for us in a sense because uh, we were still working on the album, right. and that gave us time to just like get ahead on that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of live playing, we weren't doing anything, and right. um, we would do one gig per month if we were lucky. Right. And January just kind of came in, and all of a sudden, I think, how many? We did, like, four gigs. Nice. Yeah, we did, like, four gigs in one month, and that was, like, I'm destroyed right now. But it was it was insane. We'd never done anything like that, and we're trying to keep up that momentum. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. apart from, like, being tired and whatever, because, like, I can, whatever, I'll fight through that. It's also just hard to... To find gigs nowadays, yep. especially like with mm. the pandemic and all yep. that, yep. and just having a lack of venues that are specifically made for music. Right. You know, it's usually mm. like you're playing at a bar where people yeah. are going to drink, and that's and when they the want the covers. There. Right. Yep. Mm. And there, yep. there just so happens to be a band there playing music. Oh, yep. what you looky there! But um, we have talked about that sort of thing, like mm. trying to find a way to like bring more venues, yeah. I guess, out mm. into this scene and mm-hmm. just, like, finding ways to make more local shows, make more of a local scene where people yeah. are going. It's like, oh, I don't know what bands are playing tonight. I'm just yeah. going to see whatever it is, and if I like it, I like it. But I'm right. there for the music. That's right. what I'm there yeah. for. Not I'm there to get a drink. I'm there to do this. I'm there to do that. It's like, no, the music is the important part. Yeah. That's um, where I've found a lot of my favorite local bands so is going to places and they're playing their own music and this is a huge argument that i would have in defense of like my kids band um one of the parents in the band always wanted them to play covers mm. and their argument was that's we we, we're, we don't want to be a cover band like it they're, well you're not going to get any jobs you're not going to and it's like well then we won't get them that's it we mm. won't play then if we're, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, want us to play. So like, and he would always be like, well, they're not, they're not coming to see a Saving Herald show. And they're like, they're not paying to see a show. They're, they're, yeah. We're being hired by the establishment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was a big thing. But, so I totally get exactly what you're saying because, and I always backed up the kids because it's like, not, I'm not in the band. That's right. what the kids yes, want. Yes. And that's what they want. It's not anything to do with me. Yeah. The, I would get the gigs for them and that's it. The yeah. argument I made one time is if I told you I wanted to be a writer, would you tell me, rewrite the entirety of Great Gatsby right now? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> of course, that's absurd. No. Right. Okay, if you asked me to be a filmmaker, would you ask me to recreate The Shining? No. no. Yeah. Well, why would you ask me to play... Exactly. <laughs> right? I agree. 
Yeah, I agree. I that I've always just used covers as an exercise. Like I would even record covers. Like, I, I think I still it's like on my Instagram. This um, I just re-recorded an entire song, and I just posted it because I was proud of it. Right, but I've right. done more of those that I didn't post just because it's uh I view it as a way to like exercise your chops, mm -hmm. as in like especially production chops in that case. But then like we said earlier, just like playing live, that's what right. we really did covers in the beginning mm -hmm. for. Which we didn't even do that many. I think we did like two. Like we would do like Joy Division, Stone Roses type stuff, and just. But no, um, that's just like warm ups. Yeah, that's yeah. just like warm ups to just like get yeah. together. And then um, but what you were saying really reminds me of um, there's this this new album that came out a couple of days ago that I've been listening to. It's by a band called the Yardax. Okay. They're from 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 England, and they've got this like post punk style where the music is just like a little punky and. The singer is never really singing. He's just kind of talking. It almost feels like rap in a way right. sometimes. It's a very specific and strange style of music, mm -hmm. but the lyrics are really what's important. And uh, the title track of the album, which is called The Overload, the second verse, the entirety of the second verse, it's like he's like talking in the perspective of like sort of like, I guess, like a band manager or somebody who's booking the gigs. So it's it's kind of like Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd, where it's right. like talking in the, the other perspective. And he's, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, like, you better, like, do the covers and uh, only play these specific covers because otherwise, like, you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, you kick that singer out. That singer's no good. Uh, he'll lead you to bad places or whatever. And it's just, like, it's just kind of funny. Like, they kind of poke fun at the whole thing. Yeah. And, yeah, co covers aren't bad. It's just... Yeah, I mean, they get your name out there, but yeah, it, there comes a time in where you as a band decide which route you want to go yeah. and if you don't want to do i don't think that you should be forced to do them that's just yeah and i, feel I mean like... it's fun every so often like like i said my kids band every so often they, they would like throw a cover but it's almost like an unknown cover yeah like where yeah they're questioning it like was that their song was that an original or is that yeah and yeah. i think there's certain bands that also which is what happened to us initially get caught in this sort of like what i what i would call like a cover purgatory mm-hmm because, yeah, like, with our initial band, the one that Michael and I were in, we, were stuck. we did we did two shows. We did two shows where we did all covers. Right. And But, like, you know, we were, like, what we were, like, machines at the time, or as close to machines as 15-year-old kids can get, because we were up there playing, like, like 20 songs or something. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we played a lot. Difficult stuff. Yeah, we played a lot. And it was, like, yeah, we were doing well in the live department but then it's like when we started trying to write we realized like oh wow this is it's not even necessarily that it's harder it's like it's just a different world yeah it's a different it's a different deal right. like now i'm having to interact with these people in a way that i have not interacted before it's right. always been we're interacting in a sort of communal ritualistic way of mm -hmm. playing music and doing it over and over and right. it's just like getting it right but this is different. This is creativity. This is something that's a lot more personal, where if you mm. step on the wrong toes, you can hurt people's feelings. Right. Yeah. And you can even get your your own feelings hurt because you'll be like, I think this is a really good idea. And people will be like, no, that's trash. Right. What are you talking right. about? And mm. we never got out of that. We never got out of that purgatory until uh, he was no longer in the band. And um, he, it was just me and uh, the guitarist left in the band. And eventually it was just a realization of like, we don't click in that way. Right, right. It's, there's just a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And before yeah. I left, like, I tried clicking with uh, 
with the guitarist and the sense of writing. And I feel like you tried to click in with us. But the two of us weren't even clicked in to begin with, so... But it always felt, yeah, and I always felt like you guys were a little more clicked in than I was. I always felt like kind of like the odd man out. Mm -hmm. But we weren't and getting anywhere writing. I don't even remember that Together, much, we, we didn't have anything worth writing. Right, right. Mm. Yeah. We didn't have a story to tell. And I think it's also just That's the fact point, that... Yeah. I think it's also just the fact that we're like 15, 16 yeah. years old. Like, you don't... Like, much, you can't really expect yourself to be writing really great stuff at that age. It's like the one... The one song that I wrote when I was 15 that I considered to be good is one song. Right. Out of the, like, millions that I was writing at the right. time. Obviously, later on, they start, as you practice it more, it starts to come in more naturally. Yeah. But, like, yeah, initially, like, it was just not a good combination of things. Right. And so we were just kind of left in that cover purgatory. Right. I remember we even discussed, we had one song that we had finished. It was called Rock Slide. And I helped and, write And he... He absolutely despised that song. So we were like, okay, okay. Who? Me? You. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, do we, do we, we, we should play it live at our next show. Just to, just to show the people that go like, oh yeah, we do have original. Right, right, right. It's not just all these covers. Yeah. But we ended up not playing it just because we didn't even like the song. <laughs> we were like, why are we even playing this? This is not a good song. This is just... You guys, <laughs> none of the three of us liked it. We were just like, I hate you guys it. are it private. Sake of having <laughs> All right, I played my own bad song. Zero <laughs> <laughs> shame. I must do it. Sorry, I'd like to apologize. I'm a punk kid, so to hear that, I'm like, listen, you play it anyway. <laughs> Even if they don't like it. Even if no one in the room likes it, you play it. You shove it down their throats. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. So if it wasn't for music, what do you think you guys would be doing today? Oh. <laughs> That's some other form of art. Uh, yeah. Acting. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah acting. 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 Or I go. I go to high school for like like a magnet for acting. So oh, like, nice. I definitely probably would have stuck with that. I came to the realization that I don't like it that much, and I like music more. Right. But I think if I didn't have music, I would have probably still been with that. But it kind of goes hand in hand. I help you out, stage yeah. presence, everything a lot. like that. Yeah. So yeah. I used to paint. Uh, oh. Uh, I, I won an award for writing, nice. so maybe I was going to go to college for, um, like, journalism and uh, just try to fit in lyricism right. with that That's writing stuff. Okay. Yeah. I've considered a lot of options. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's like, this is my moment. I've been waiting for uh, What'd you call it? Uh, well, I already, I already do uh, a good amount of writing because okay. uh, I, I write, uh, it's, like, it's like a cross between, like, like a short story in a poem because okay. it's, it's it's a short story in the sense that it's a story it's written out but it's a poem in the sense that it's really kind of funny it doesn't really rhyme but it's like as like I, I do it short enough that you can put it on one or two pages okay and that's what i usually do um working on some other writing right now uh that's could develop into a novel hopefully and wow. um what else? I think I'd, uh, if it wasn't for music, I would dedicate myself to uh, learning a bunch more about psychology, neuroscience. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, just because I already right. do that right now, and I feel like I, actually I, I feel like music is an auxiliary of that. Right. Right. Of like it's all the the one shared interest is brain science from yeah. that writing, from that yeah. drumming, from that exercise and meditation, and then 
you know. That's very true, that. though. Yeah. That's very true. Like, I talked to so many people that, like, well, what what got you into um, doing your own music stuff? And they would say, you know, well, it's just expressing my feelings and getting them out and, like, being able to self-therapeutic, like, a therapeutic type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't even really aware yeah, of this. Yeah. I, I enjoyed playing music, and then uh, I, I came across, um, what do you call it, the work of Nietzsche? And uh, he's, he's pretty much, you know, I like my brain science, I like my music, they were separate. And Nietzsche comes along, and he's a philosopher that hates other philosophers mm -hmm. for being too logical. I think my daughters talk about him. Yeah, because he's very, he's the anti-philosopher philosopher. He's also the anti-Christian philosopher. Okay. And, um, but also the anti-atheist philosopher, if that makes sense. Um, Interesting. So, like, an agnostic one. Yeah, because he's like, you know, it's foolish to, to take up organized religion, but it's absolutely just as foolish to take up atheism, right. you know? And also being aware that the vast majority of our decisions are made based on what we know about them, but how we feel about right, them, right. you know? And that, so when you take, when, when you talk about, when people talk about taking care of themselves, uh, you know, therapy-wise, one of those therapies has to be a creative outlet. Yeah, at least yeah, in my opinion, yeah. it's very, very important. Yeah, I think you're right with that. Um, and his 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 way was through writing. He he actually wanted to become a musician and uh, regretted that he didn't practice enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I wish I wrote as much as Nietzsche. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what I would uh, I just take up writing. That's interesting. No, that's. I think that between Michael and Lewis, you guys are my daughter more. Like you guys. Like, <laughs> There's so many things about you and so many things about you that remind me of my daughter. Just needed to put it out there. <laughs> and when she watches this, she's going to agree with me. She will. <laughs> so, okay. Other than this King Gizzard, who are your biggest musical inspirations? Mm -hmm. I feel like we should go in a row because the three of us have, tend to have, like, different inspirations, yeah. I guess. Okay. Um, as a musician, I'm inspired to take up the role that Roger Waters did uh, in a less poisonous way. Okay. Um, I, I feel like I definitely cannot get as poisonous as that man, but <laughs> it'd be hard. It's also going to be hard to be as brilliant as he is. So, yeah. At his most brilliant. I don't know about Because his, his poison is, is also his genius. Yes. Yeah. In a weird True. way. It's poison. It's poison. I've, yeah, I've been going through a, like a Pink Floyd rabbit hole recently. Mm -hmm. Just the shirt. Just because, um, also, like, like this, this, this. the drummer. <laughs> like, I, I mentioned, uh, that I, that I do, like, acting in school, and in our, at the end of our senior year, they have us do this thing called the one person show, where you take a real person and you're supposed to make sort of like, a, I guess, like some sort of presentation. In as them, like you are pretending to be them, basically. Mm -hmm. And everyone just sort of chose people that they either found interesting or that they looked up to or that they didn't like at all, just to sort of like poke fun of that. Right. Um, and I chose Sid Barrett just because um, I, I just found that story very, very interesting. And uh, I think Wish You Were Here is definitely my favorite Pink Floyd right. album. And just, like, the whole, like, 
mythology it's almost romanticized in a way everything that surrounds it like knowing the context behind it i think is definitely something that made it very interesting just uh everything about how like oh yeah like sid barrett showed up in the middle of them recording one of the songs and whatever and he was like unrecognizable and the song was about him and it was like all this crazy stuff but yeah pink floyd is definitely it, and it, it was something that took me a while to sort of warm up to right because i remember him he was always really into Pink Floyd, and so was um, uh, the other person that was in the band with us, mm -hmm. in the old band. And um, they talked about it all the time, and I just didn't see the appeal, because at the time I was just like, I was in my drummer phase. So right, I was like, right. Stuart Copeland, all the way, the police, that's the best thing to have ever existed. There's nothing else in this universe. <laughs> and and I, I don't know, I guess I just, um, eventually, I, I remember one day just like sitting down on my way to school and listening to Dark Side of the Moon and being like, I can see why I can see why this attracted them so much because there's a lot of things that I that hit very close to home where it's like yeah like this this feels real this feels like something that somebody sat down and said I'm going to write about everything that I'm thinking about right, right. Mm. just like the whole album it it's it's just like the story of life human life and the human condition and it feels like Roger just like sat down and was like this is what I'm going to write about I want to write about everything. The right. cornerstones of just reality. Like, yes, yeah. just everything. And somehow he managed to package that everything very concisely in a very good way into 45 minutes into right. this, this album that just got everything out there. And only the essentials, only the essentials. But I don't know, it was it was interesting. I'm, one of the many reasons why Dark Side of the Moon is yeah. that captivating. It talked about everything. Right, yeah. Um... For me, I, I actually had uh, when I was when I was living uh, in an apartment off campus, I, I had a f five five pictures of the the, the musical guides <laughs> that I had. I'm I'm I which was like a cutout of a, a picture that I printed out. Uh -huh. um, but David Bowie, okay, for always being true to himself, yep. yeah, always. Always, like, never caring about what anyone thought about yeah. his art and what thought about him yeah. or his opinions and always being, like, you know, even in my dying breath, I'm a, he made an album, you yeah. know? He, he instead of trying, saying, I'm going to extend my life five more years because I'm fighting off cancer, I'd rather make an album. Right. You know, that's 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 the level yeah. of dedication to the art that I, I, I felt really inspired by. Right. There's uh, Jimi Hendrix, oh, yeah. who um, he he inspires me to see all the sound making capabilities of all the equipment I have. Mm -hmm. Thinking beyond notes, mm -hmm. thinking like you know audible experience, um, and thinking beyond genre. And even more so, next one Zappa, thinking beyond genre, yeah. beyond sound, always working hard, always um, and always never never letting himself be defined. Right in a category um the then luis albertro espineta mm. he's um he's an argentine uh okay. he's he's his his evolution is very weird because he starts off from a bob dylan folk kind of vibe right. and he slowly transforms into a zappa sort of thing okay um in his course so he goes from folk rock to blues rock to jazz rock right. to prog rock over his span and like his evolution of never staying in genre and also his his uh, firm commitment to not letting himself be 
influenced by just rock music. Right. He hated other rock music musicians that'd be like, oh, I'm influenced by these three bands that I sound exactly right, like. Right. When, whenever Luis Alberto Espineta was asked who are his, his influences, he'd say poets, he'd say playwrights, he'd say authors, because he's like, I all I listen to is Flamingo, Tango, and Reed. And I don't care about what other rock bands are doing. Right. And then the last one is Omar Rodriguez Lopez, um, who has a discography of over 120 albums. Wow. He is Holy a cow. beast. How old is he? He's he's like 40 now. Wow. No, this he he is a he is a beast. Like King Gizzard is something, but Omar Rodriguez Lopez released twelve albums in a year. Oh my god! Uh, Buckethead, though. And none of Buckethead. Well, yeah, Buckethead. But Omar, well, what what his his thing is? Uh, he does experimental rock, but um, one thing that actually uh, he really inspired me when I was starting to go to college for music was to um, to uh, appreciate world music okay. and Latin rock mm-hmm. and. Um, like I grew up, um, I grew up in an Argentine household, mm-hmm. so I didn't really listen to a lot of like typical Hispanic music. Mm-hmm. You know, just mainly like classic rock. Cause that's really what's big in Argentina. Same here, yeah. Right. It's not like salsa or right. um, or tango or anything like that. Well, tango, of course, but like my, that's not what my parents listen right. to. Right. Um, but then he his big his big thing is making like progressive rock with a lot of. Latin influences because right. he's a Puerto Rican Mexican, okay, and so are most of his bandmates, and it really shows in their music. And not only made me appreciate that, but also other parts of Hispanic culture, right. which he borrows a lot from. So he's very inspired by the surrealist movement right. with like Dali and Luis Buñuel and all those guys, and um, and it made me fully appreciate like the Hispanic culture that I wasn't paying attention to because right. I'm like, oh, that's not really exotic to me. But I had no idea. Like, I didn't know anything about Luis Fanel, right. Dali, salsa music, or uh, Don Quixote, or other writers like that. And um, so those five guys right. were on my, uh, in the mirror in the morning. Uh-huh. I'd say hi to, hi to them every, every day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, you guys are so interesting. You really are. Thank you. But I will say that the whole Latin rock thing, like, I'm purebred Irish girl. Yeah. So I know the curse words in Spanish, and that's about it. <laughs> but um, my daughter was in a cover band, like, when she was, like, 13, and the singer was Latin. And they did this one Latin rock song, and I honestly, um, I'm going to find out the name of it. I can't remember. I could sing it in my own language for you. It was probably the wrong words and everything. But it was my favorite song they did because she was Latin. And it just, it has a certain sound. You don't even have to understand the words to actually feel what they're putting through. Like, it's so, and she did so good. And I actually watched the original band, The Real People, and I thought she did it better. I don't know. It was a guy (laughs) singer, but I don't know if it was because, like, it was a whole other side of her that I would see because she was back to her roots of, like, but it was, it's great. Yeah. Like I'll, I'm going to find out the name before you guys leave and let you know who it is. All right, for sure. So. Yeah. I can't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So as far as the local scene, I know you guys did four gigs this past month. Are you guys super involved in the local scene or are you just getting involved or how do you feel about it? We're always trying to immerse ourselves more and more. Uh, that is something we're working on now. Yeah. Well, you're in Aventura. You're in um, Plantation. Mm. 
Um, so, like, do you feel that like you're more Broward or Dade? Like, we just feel like we have a lot more ground to cover. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know because. Um. I mean, like our biggest show in terms of attendance was um was in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. But then, like. A lot of our emptiest shows have also been in Fort Lauderdale. Right. Uh, and I think there's a bigger amount of venues mm-hmm. up north compared to down south. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I guess, it, yeah, it just sort of makes it feel like we our audience is a little more spread apart. Right. Which I guess can kind of be an issue because it's like, okay, our show today is in... Winwood. So we know that these people are going to show up and these people are not because right. it's too far from them. Right. And um, that's kind of like a thing that we've uh, grown to predict. Unless, like, you know, there's always, like, the new people, the new fans that you yeah. like, oh, I've never seen you before. Right. But um, those people are obviously not easy to predict. But it, it's... Yeah, I, I think just getting more involved in the local scene is something mm-hmm. we're trying to work on. Right. Just cause, um, because we're in Aventura, I feel like we're a little isolated mm-hmm. because there's not really almost any bands in Aventura. I can think of one band that's in Aventura. There's not room for much over there. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a small place and there's no place to play live right. in that entire city. And it's just you kind of travel. Yeah. 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 And it, it kind of causes a bit of an an issue there. But um it does make it easier having someone on board with us who has been playing with bands for a while Mm -hmm. and who knows a lot of the people that are in these bands Mm -hmm. and all that i feel like yeah the easiest way for us to get involved is going to watch shows it is and then also just like playing shows with uh with other people with other bands bands. it's it's really just and then it's like because it's just kind of like the miami thing where it's like you have a band and then there's, like, one leader for that band, and the other three members of that band all have, like, two other bands that they're mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So it's like you play with one band, and then you have an in with, like, a couple other bands, because now one of the members of that band knows you. Yeah. And you just kind of start spreading out like that. I remember it was, like, a weird moment for me when we played a gig with Floridian, the Floridians in uh, Tian Poets in November, okay. and Ian is... Such a homie. And uh, we, we, we Shout got... Shout out to Floridian. Yes. Shout out to Soft Cricket. Yes. The and boy then, Ian. And then, like, yes. what what happened is, like, um, I you definitely know him from before, but I... I right? I, I, so I saw I saw Ian's two bands for the first time at Las Rosas. Wow. About, about, like, a month before that show. Really? A month or two months after. I, I just I just distinctly remember his, his band, uh, his band's being pretty good i remember that show being really good it was yeah. this was a the uh creature cage no this was the okay. mold the creature cage and mold release wow Las Rosas. that sounds big we wanted to go but only over 21 yeah <laughs> so we yeah. weren't allowed yeah. no but yeah like so like we, we got to know him and all that and then it's like a couple months later like somebody it was isaac isaac polar from the plastic eyes he posted this just like this band from here, from Miami, called Soft Cricket, uh, he posted a song called Mrs. Blue. And I heard that little preview. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then I listened to the whole song. I was like, I, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I hit up the guy because we're trying to, like, we were trying to set up another gig. So I hit up 
uh, that band. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you guys. And I'm like, you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm the guitarist for Floridian. And I'm like, oh, well, would you look at that? And it's like, it's funny how, like, everything just, you start to realize it's kind of a small world. There's a lot of bands. But it's and it feels intimidating. Yeah. But, yeah, then it, you start to realize how much of a smaller circle it yeah. actually is. It is. It's like the same thing with, like, Preacher Cage where they have, like, uh, I think it's uh, the, uh, Josh, the singer, along with the bassist, Will. They're in, like, another ha- a band mm-hmm. called The Hats. Yep. And then the keyboard has got another. And then, yeah, and then the keyboard has another. Wait, wait, hold on. That oh, Josh the, plays the, bass in? No, uh, the drummer. The drummer also has, has like five different well, that's bands. Like, that's like a thing with drummers. There's five bands that's ma- that makes up a hundred bands. Yeah, no. So it, it, all, and it, all, it all starts to connect and yeah, all that. And it's just, groups. It's interesting. Uh-huh. And, then, and then you have us, which is like him and I, we're, we're only oh, in this band. But Lewis, Lewis is also in Corazon Rabioso. Right. Right. And then um, shouts out to the legendary Son Rabioso and uh, and Carnival Barker Carnival. and whatnot, and it's uh, yeah, it all just kind of yeah. interconnects. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Like Creature Cage, they're gonna be here. Like, uh, you got space? <laughs> I know. Well, your next band, I'm gonna have to set up some little yeah, rules no. on the floor to sit on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, so we're going to start my next part, which is you can tell mom anything. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some questions here. It's not going to get creepy. Okay. <laughs> it's just going to get to know you guys a little bit better. So um, I'll go to Michael. What is the funniest thing that's ever happened to you all on stage? <laughs> okay, so I walked away from my amp. Oh. Everybody has this story. Was it plugged in? It was plugged in. Yep. Yeah. Everybody it, has it, that story. It was like right before my twice. Solo. <laughs> you didn't the first time. No, no, no. In different shows. Oh, different shows. <laughs> different shows. Oh, God. Yeah. No, it was, I think one of the, I remember one of them being during Stay Forever at TN Poets. You know, it's funny. Uh, we learned the trick uh, to, to put the cable around your strap so it, that doesn't happen. I, I've never done that. <laughs> no, no, no. The, that's. What that helps is if you step on your cable. Oh, because okay. if you walk away from your amp, so the cable's going to come out anyway. Okay, so... We're going to wireless one. Yeah. Yeah, that does yeah. that sets you back a little bit. I've, yeah. been, I've been actually thinking about that, because, yeah. um, I, like like I said, I like to work to with pedals. Yeah, that's, like, that's what the, um, <laughs> the guitarist and the bassist in my daughter's band would do, because they would have the wireless ones. Or they have them, yeah. and they would just like take a tour around the whole damn place. Yeah, while you're playing. We're like, where does it go? Yeah, it's like, I, I'd love to do it. It's also the thing is like I've got like a, a sizable pedal board because I just mm-hmm. like to mess around with effects, and um, yeah. that's a lot of cables, a lot of things that yeah. can go wrong. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of that, something that went wrong once on stage was um, there was this cable that was being a little faulty. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guitar was making no noise, and we're like out here, like, oh, we should have fixed that before we came in, and we didn't. It took me about like five to ten minutes to realize that it was not the cable. I had accidentally stepped on my tuner pedal, oh, and geez. all the volume just <laughs> cut down. And I, I was like, I, I didn't say anything to the microphone, I just left it as it was a faulty cable. I'm not that stupid, I swear. Like, but yeah, that's what. If anyone was there at that show, it was at Ginger's Bar, and 
they'll probably remember that moment where I was just there on the ground, like, <laughs> frantically just trying to figure out which cable was the issue. The truth comes out. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and, it, like, at one point, I even, I, I brought extra cables just in, cl- and just in case, and I, re- I replaced it, and still no sound was coming out. I was like, okay, it's not this cable. Which one is it then? And then I looked at, I, I like, I played a note, and then I saw the, the tuner light up, and I was like, that's what it was. <laughs> All right, so What's if you were a song, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. Hmm. Mom won number five because I'm that annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean... No, please, God. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? I just started singing it. Wait, no. What was his name? Which one? Bill, Bill, Bill. Yeah, so, so my, my friends, sometimes when, when one, we have one friend paying attention to his phone, mm-hmm. we would just look at each other and we put mumble number five on the table, like in different amounts until he notices, <laughs> until his sound drives him crazy. <laughs> so he'll put down his phone. <laughs> That's where the beam comes from. That's funny. Um, if I were a song, I don't know. I really feel time by Pink Floyd. Okay. Oh, wow. Talking a lot about Pink Floyd. I know I'm talking a lot about people. I said weird. I said weird. Weird. We're, we're also a yes. part of that. We're just talking about it. I'm not, I'm not clowning on you. I swear. Uh, I don't know. It's a great much. Just. There's a song by this band. Uh, it's from Texas, I believe. But now they're in California. You're talking about Juan? I'm talking about Juan. Juan. Um. One of their songs, it's on an EP of theirs. It's called Me. Like okay. Capital M, capital E. So, <laughs> I would be me. But, uh, <laughs> no, I actually, like, really love that song. I have a playlist of, like, 940 songs, and that's the first one. I had to move it to the first. Michael's Alternative Bops. Yeah, my Alternative Bops. Yeah, search for our, our Bops on Spotify. Oh, yeah, on Spotify. We have, like, actual, just, like, there's Michael's Bops, Tomas's Bops, and Lewis's Bops. And it's just, like... I, mine is not nearly as extensive as yours. It's got like six uh, songs, I think. Definitely not. Definitely yeah, not. but you it's, you pick, you made it more concentrated. You picked like the, like the like this is what makes me sort of thing. Yeah. True. I don't even know nine hundred songs, dude. <laughs> you definitely do. You definitely do. Trust me. Okay. You know more than I do. That's for sure. Okay. I I feel that way. I mean, I, I well. Listen I, more. Yeah. Casual. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think what I, I think, I think what I, a song that would, if I were a song, it would be Shadow by Wild Nothing. Oh. Yeah. That song just kind of like, I think it also just came at a very specific time in my life. It's just like, it's a, it's got this like, you can't really tell if it's really sad or relaxed and happy Mm -hmm. kind of vibe. And it's like, it sort of depends on when I'm listening to it. And the lyrics are very much just about just like. Yeah, it's sort of like broken relationships and whatnot, and states of discomfort. Yeah, and just like not not knowing, not knowing what's up with with certain people that were once in your life, and that they're no long they're no longer there, and you're just kind of like, I wonder whatever came of that person, but at the same time, I shouldn't be because that person hurt me. Right, and it's yeah, it's I don't know. Just, Do you guys are you guys in relationships now? Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah, I have not. Uh, That's how we keep them writing. 
I'm the only one that's not allowed to I, I, to have a girlfriend just because uh, I, I have to I have to write the miserable songs or else there you go. I have noticed I have slowed down since I found a, a reliable relationship. <laughs> so, I'm you. Yeah, I mean, that, that, there that, may that, be a correlation here. That ha that happened to me for a while, and that, and then we we broke up, and it's like, no, I remember like <laughs> that weekend, like I come back in, and I'm like talking, I'm like, hey, I I have like five new songs, and he goes, who hurt you? Who hurt you? Yeah, my girlfriend broke up with me. He's like, ah, that'll do it. <laughs> it was just like checks out, checks out. Okay, so what useless talent do you have? I feel like that's something that you have a lot. Oh, I, I can do that too. I'm not doing it for you guys. That's it is totally useless, useless though. So, an I, even more useless one is standing up. Get this? <laughs> I can drum. Damn! Damn. Oh. <laughs> you just destroyed like, the entire sense of the population. <laughs> also, I'm offended. That's That sounds like something you have a lot of. <laughs> is that what you said about me? Oh, man. No, no, I don't like... No, no, I meant, like, you have a lot of things that you do, and I'm like, how can you even do that? <laughs> and it's like, there's no practical use for it, but it's, like, impressive. It's like, damn. I feel that. What? <laughs> what? What did I do? No, not you. Just, like, I know people that, like, they're, like, just filled with skills. Yeah, it's, like, a bunch wow. of different skills, and you're like, how do you do that? Oh, like, the cool time I broke my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 like, what was that thing that you used to do with the, like, like the spit? It's like we go all the way down this Yes, that thing, bro. You did that in like middle school, but it was like a talent. You used to get it like all the way down, and then I was looking at him like, oh my god. I was disgusted, but I was severely impressed that you were able to do it. I was like, oh my god. I could walk at like twenty miles an hour back then. I was amazed. Middle school, he was a oh, fucking menace. So the teachers funny. were just... I would climb up on top of the roof to get the ball. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a kid hit it on top of me. You're just like, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Like Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Great time. Okay, so what do we got here? So what is the stupidest dare you have ever agreed to do? <sighs> okay, so going back to my wrist. <laughs> Uh, okay, no. so I, I was taking a tour of Aventura Mall, and it's, it's, it's a big mall. <laughs> and so we're passing by the pink store, and I'm with my friend Andrew. Uh, <laughs> love him to the bottom of my heart. Andrew, if you're listening, uh, I just went to his 18th birthday. And so we went in, he's like, dude, we gotta lotion up. We got free <laughs> lotion, we gotta lotion up. And so we lotion up, and then, we, remember get to, that shit. And then we get to the movie theater, and we're still lotioned up. Oh, and God. Then, uh, we buy tickets to like this this movie, and we would like movie hop to like the empty screenings of everything because uh -huh. they would just like play nothing. <laughs> and so it was a dark room, uh, and you know how like there's a tiny ramp and then a lot of stairs and then there's like an awning. You, you have like, the stairs that are like that, just like this is where you come in, and then you got. Oh yeah, okay. Up, okay. And then there's like the and wall here. There's yes. a balcony you can look down. Yeah, it's okay. like a ledge. Oh, boy. So I'm like, yo, watch this. This could be so cool. I bet I could I could hang on to this. Oh god. I forgot I was lotioned up. Oh, god. <laughs> I forgot I was lotioned up. And I'm like, guys, I, I'm literally slipping. Oh, but they're also lotioned up. Oh, <laughs> and so I end up falling like 30 feet. Oh, onto my wrist. Oh my god. He did this. He and did we this. Had, we had he did this two weeks up. before a show that we had. Oh, and it was our first show with the old band. 
and we were all we we, we were looking at him like. <laughs> See, the reason this happened is because I wasn't there to tell him, no, don't do that. That is stupid. I was, I got up, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm literally fine. Like, I landed on my feet and my wrist, but, like, I, I just thought I landed on my feet really well, and my wrist was swollen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, this swelling feels like bone. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I guess a peace sign in my, uh... <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, so what's your go-to jam, other than Pink Floyd? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like a band, or like... Or any uh, song, any song like that, like... Nocturne. Ooh, Nocturne. Nocturne. By Wilds, nothing. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I make it a really big point to find new music. Okay, well, that's good. Um... But I, I really can't get over this uh, Portuguese dude, uh, Bruno Fernandes. Shouts out. He he does uh, or like psych pop. That's orchestral. Okay. But Brazilian sounding. Really, really neat stuff. That's been my like when I like can't think of anything else to play. I'm like, uh, it's gonna be. Pre- Chico, yep. Yeah, it's gonna be that or um, what you call it? Uh, Mild High Club. Mm. Mild High Club is so good. I think like. Um... I mean, that, that that sort of changes for me, like, within time. Like, it sort of depends on when you ask me, but recently I've been, um... Mine changes pretty easily, so... Yeah, I've, I've been, like, using it sort of as a vocal warm-up, this song that it's just... It's called Big Black Car by Gregory Allen Isakope. Okay. It's this, like, South African singer-songwriter. And, um, it's a really nice song. It's very small and, like tender and just very it's, it's like this just this little love song and it's very easy on the vocals because mm-hmm. it's sort of softly sung and it's it's got a really really nice melody it's just like a, a standard progression like on the acoustic guitar and it's it's just fun to just sort of like get in the mood of mm-hmm. like playing music and i've just been using that as a warm-up recently i've been using running to stand still by you two a lot too okay so those two I think that one just sort of came in because a friend of mine gave me a harmonica, and I was like, I have to use this. Oh, yeah. And then that's, like, my favorite, like, sort of, like, it's very simple, but just, like, harmonica riff is at the end of that song. But then I, this is where I came to the sad realization that that harmonica was in C and the song is in B, so I could not play the song. Uh, but I started playing it. Did they make harmonicas anyway. like that differently? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Not me. That's why when you blow in every hole, it sounds good. Yes, that's okay. why it sounds good well, no matter what. I, <laughs> I, I had a whole set that I regrettably gave away to someone. I don't even remember who. Wow. Like, oh, a set of harmonicas? Yeah, like every key. <sighs> that is so sad. I mean, they were really cheap harmonicas, bro. They were not good. But I would I, I wouldn't make them off you. One of the jams I keep going back to is by this local band that we actually saw not too long ago. Oh, oh my god. Ooh, I, I saw that. They're them. really good. They're oh, yeah. so good. I need to reach Shots out, out to them. Dude, yeah. hereditary. Hereditary. Dude. hereditary. Oh my god. It blows everything out of the water. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, it's funny that you say that, and I appreciate that you brought up a local band like that, with because, like I said, I don't think local bands get enough credit. Half these bands that you hear on the radio are just like, come on. Um... But that's my go-to this week is Super Gold's new gasoline. It's yeah. incredible. It really is, and it's 
Well, oh, yeah. when it came out, my go-to was Piss Blue by Creature Cage. Oh. That that song is, like, actually just, like... Like, I listened to it, and I was like, this is something that you'd hear, like, from, like, a like a well-known band. Like, mm-hmm. it's really good. It's just, yeah. And it's not just good, like, like writing-wise. It's like, the, the production also Everything, sounds yeah. really good. It's like, yeah. damn, like, I really like this at the time. That was... But, yeah, Hereditary by Brock Show Mercy. That thing is... I find myself singing it just like, oh, it's hereditary. To this day, I'm actually in awe that we were able to see them live because I had it in my head that they weren't even a local act. Cause, really? Yeah, I just added their song to my playlist. I was like, this is... And we're playing a show with them, bro. Awesome. Which is like, that, that That was the most insane part because oh, yeah. we did try to play a show with them initially, but they're like kind of... Our, they're kind of out of our league a little bit. And, um, no. But, but we became... We, we Because we were friends with... Um, with Ian from the Floridians, he's like friends with the people in that band, mm-hmm. and uh, we're doing a show with them on February twenty fifth. Awesome! Mm-hmm. So th- with Creature Cage too, uh, Center for Subtropical Effects. Oh, that's a nice a venue there. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I've been to it yet. Yeah, it's okay. a good one. It's a good one. Twenty one and older, just so you know, um, for uh, any of your fans that are coming out. Uh, oh, so I, sad. While while we are starting out local bands, um. I know we don't play metal, but Headphone, hmm. their their entire their entire new album, fantastic. But I'm in love with the song uh, "Enemy of Your Own Mind." Uh, that first of all, I love the title, <laughs> but uh, it uh, makes me feel things that I have not felt since I first encountered Slayer <laughs> back back in my high school days. So thank God for that album. That's when you know you heard a good song. Yeah, when you're feeling things that yeah, yeah. head foam like like yeah with an M yeah yeah I think so yeah we we've meant no like foam we mentioned like yeah we mentioned creature kid already uh soft cricket is another that. one we mentioned earlier there I listened to was it an EP or an album I think it was an album it was it was pretty long soft cricket thing I don't know I I listened to the whole thing and that was also really good um. Stylistically, it was very victim like, of your own mind. Yeah. Like, stylistically, it was all very um, like consistent, which I thought was very interesting. Just because um, that's kind of an issue that we run into, where our songs kind of just go a little bit everywhere. We don't really have like, yeah, we have like a sound technically, sort of a ballpark, but I guess we don't really have that much of a style. Just kind of do everything, and I, I like that. That's like a. There's certain bands that can do that that they have like a sound. Yeah. And well, I you know, I am kind of shocked that you're only 18 because your voice is very mature. Thank you. Very mature. Thank you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I started singing like two years ago. Before that, I couldn't sing it. Like, I was, still remember, I used to howl. Like, I, oh. I, I wasn't singing just because I didn't practice it. Right, right. I also never thought I'd be good. It was the same thing as like with music before. It was just like, it's constantly just this like, I would never be able to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I just... I had this assumption that you had to be born a great singer. Right. Otherwise, you can't, like, singing is not, it was just not for me. Right. And one day I got frustrated enough to the, like, with people telling me that I wasn't good at singing to the point where I just, like, locked myself in my closet for an entire summer just trying to get myself to sing. Oh. And I would, like, take <laughs> videos. Takes, right? I would take videos and I would listen to them. And I was like, no, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. I have to do it better. And, like, I would just, like, redo it. And that's eventually how I got, You wrote like, your own teacher. Kinda, yeah, but that's not a good thing for voice because then you end up hurting your voice. Yeah, no, you do. But um, I do try to go along on the internet and like sort of see like, just, like 
factually what is the healthy thing to do. And also, like, since I go to a magnet school for acting, mm -hmm. there's the musical theater yep. strand. Mm -hmm. And I can talk to the kids in the musical theater strand who obviously they're all, like, classically trained right. and yeah. stuff. And they know, like, their shit. And I can ask them, like, oh, is this bad? Is this good? What right. should I do? And they give you these, like, tips that you're like, I would have, would we even thought of that to begin with? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of. My daughter's taking um, voice one and no, all right, some kind of theater and voice classes at, yeah. at school. And when I started the podcast, I was like, oh, my God, I hate my voice. I hate it. I hate it so much. And then I, she said, oh, we're learning how you deal with that at, in class right now. And I said, oh, well, what do I do? What do I do? She's like, you just have to be okay with it. There's a lot. I can tell you from experience, a lot of the advice that they give you in acting is that kind of thing of like, it's like, oh, no, duh. I could have thought of that myself. But then it's like when you really think into the specific wording of what they said, like years later, it really starts to click in. Mm -hmm. It's that sort of thing where it's yeah. just like very minute things. And you think about it, and you're like, you know what? I think I was just being an edgy asshole teenager and deciding not to listen. Maybe they were right when they said that. <laughs> and you start to really just, like, internalize it yep. in a weird way. But if you want more of, like, a practical advice, it's really just listen to your own voice a lot. Which you're, since you're doing a podcast now, you're going to do a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me when, um, when we went into quarantine. Uh-huh. They didn't stop they just said okay now you're just gonna do all your acting shit at home you're gonna film yourself doing oh, it really? which was painful because it's like thin walls my parents oh, can hear me right it's just really weird but i had to get used to the fact right. that i was watching myself doing takes over and over and like listening to my own voice speaking right and uh you kind of have to come to terms with that and also as a singer Mm -hmm. it's like, especially since I'm the producer for the band, I have to listen to myself sing and then go and be like, okay, is this good or is it not? Right. Despite my own opinions on my own voice, what mm. what is going on here? And I'd like to think I've reached a certain point where I'm, I can tell when I'm doing a good job or a bad job. Mm -hmm. I still more often than not get told that I'm doing a better job than I think I am. Right, because you're always so critical of yourself. Like, yeah, that's. And I think especially with voice, that's just the thing that people in general are just like, because I feel like with a guitar or an instrument, it's like, you are not producing the sound. Mm -hmm. You are producing the sound, but the sound isn't coming out of you. So it's like easier to just like step back and go, I played that riff well. Like, yeah, obviously, like I didn't mess up a note or anything like that was, mm. but your voice is like so unique and it's so, it's literally a part of you mm -hmm. since you use it every day, all yeah. day. It's what you use to express yourself. It just kind of like, it's personal in a way. Right. Mm. right. That's true. Just kind of do have to get, be okay with it, I guess. Mm. <laughs> like she said. Yeah. All right. We're going to do some rapid fire. Rapid Let's fire. See if you guys do better than all the other bands that don't really do it as rapid fire. Okay. They okay. usually okay. are like, mm. rapid fire. Okay. All right. We'll start with Lewis. Ready? <laughs> yes. No. Who I'll... would you want to be on a deserted island with? Who do I want to be on the Zerd Island with? Oh, uh, my girlfriend, obviously. Okay. Well, I mean, no, because I mean, I may not pick my husband. No. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend is the most helpful person. Okay, I know. cool. <laughs> I, I, she'll, she'll fix it. <laughs> she'll freak out for an hour, but we'll fix it. <laughs> Alrighty, Thomas. What is the funniest prank you have ever done? I've never been a pranks person. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I can't really. 
I don't know. No, I... I can't remember. You've really. had your few share of gas. I'm sure <laughs> I have, but I can't remember that now. That was like, I... If you want, I can share to you a prank that somebody told me about recently. Okay. That, uh, so, okay, a friend of mine told me about his little brother. Mm-hmm. He has his group of friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of their friends, Tyler, mentioned... Yes, uh, the, like, mentioned the name of a girl once. Once, like, he said, oh, yeah, like, we're kind of, whatever. Two months later, down the line, two months later, he never mentioned her again. Everybody in the friend group still remembers that name. Somehow, <laughs> they just kept it in their memory. They, and then what they did, they knew somebody that knew her. So oh, they bought, like, a bunch of very, like, lovey-dovey sort of oh, gifts. No. Put it all together, put it under his name, sent it to her oh, on Valentine's Day, no. and he had no idea. Oh, and then the next day, this girl's like best friend comes up to him and goes like, "You asshole! How could you do that? What do you what, what do you think you're trying?" And he's like, "What? What are you talking about?" And then when he realized what was going on, he was like, "Oh my god! Oh, oh Jesus!" That's one of those pranks that's like. No, like that's that's a clear overstep of yep. boundaries. Oh, that is, that's beyond. Price. But I, I remember when I I remember when I heard it. It's like I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I am. Like that's awful, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, well, no, that's beyond prank. Th- that was. I have this friend of mine that pranks me like left and right, like oh Jesus, blue balls on the back of my my van when I had a van. <laughs> Put the I love crack horse bumper sticker on the back of my car she set up a garage sale in front of my house while i was sleeping put signs out and said knock for furniture oh and my, my God. this guy knocked on the door at 6 30 in the morning <laughs> had to leave the house to go take all the signs up like it's a constant thing so yeah so that's dedication yeah. jesus oh, she is dedicated she is dedicated and every time i try to get her back I can't because she's got cameras right at the gates of her house and she knows. <laughs> her fortress. She's got like her six covered at all times. Yeah. Alright, so Michael, if you could win a gold medal, what would it be in? Uh, overthinking um, at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it would be for, I don't know, what, do medal, what are medals given out for? Everything like, nowadays. Participa- oh, participation medal. Yeah, exactly. A participation medal. <laughs> yeah, but this is, a first, this is a first place medal. What are you better yeah. at than anyone else? <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I guess we're like track. Okay. Track. Yeah. Track. All right. I want to be the fastest in a place. I'm a horrible runner. Horrible. Me I always too. just want to be a good distance. runner. It's like my legs I move so fast I just don't get anywhere. Really? Awful. He was the most popular kid in elementary school. You know, like the the one that can run the fastest mm-hmm. is always the most popular. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You just oh, wasn't it? I know you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Liz. If you could teleport right now, where would you go? Where is you Um, right now, nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm doing an interview, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've always wanted to travel to. Um, to the desert. Um, like the Arizona desert? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, just because, like, it's really, it's yeah. mad pretty. I've yeah. never been that far out west. Yeah. That's where my ancestors are from. Really? Yeah. And it would be way better to teleport there than to drive out all the way. Mm-hmm. 
That's why I decided it's desert enough. Because I'll probably give up early. <laughs> All right. Okay. Name the first word that comes to mind. Grass. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I just realized we know. I, what have you done to me? What have you done to me? <laughs> All right, Michael. Texting or calling? Calling. Okay. Good man. All right, Lewis. What phrase do you find yourself saying the most? I really do be like that. <laughs> uh, you say you say a lot. You say right, like when you agree with something. When somebody right. says something, you go right, like correct, of course. Um, I I say I um I. Could be a lot. <laughs> I, I, I I remain skeptical. <laughs> okay. Alrighty, Thomas. What mild animal are you secretively afraid of? Are spiders considered mild animals? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Uh, I, I hate spiders. I mean, I don't even think it's secret. No, cockroaches. Cockroaches. Oh God, that's out there. That's in this not. House. We all hate. Right. Yeah, that's not like that. But the thing is, it's not even that secretive. Like I just like I just I uh, like, ugh. and especially the ones that fly. Oh, uh, the palmetto bugs. Like, yeah, that's well, like no. Cockroaches fly. Yeah, they're called palmetto bugs. Oh bus. no, no. The ones that you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like they're evolving. Oh no! Like the, when there's bad storms outside and stuff, those are the ones that try to come in your house outside, <laughs> and all of a sudden you go, you think you're gonna kill it, and the shit flies away, and it's like, oh my god. No. They're like that big. They're huge. Definitely no. Like no. Don't need that. <laughs> okay, Michael, what do you collect? Uh, well, I don't mean to brag. <laughs> I used to collect Pokemon cards before, <laughs> before the cool kids did it. Yeah, in the second grade. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just means that all my Pokemon cards are crumbled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do I collect? I like to paint on canvases, mm -hmm. and I think I have like a, a big collection of canvases, paintings that I, I've made over the years. Okay. That are like rolled up in my room. Right. I guess that's what I collect now. Okay. All right, Lewis, finish the sentence. Ed Sharon is. White? Question mark? Uh... <laughs> he's, he's in dire need of help. This is the last music video. I saw it. He took one look at the bad habits. We, we actually we had we this. watched it together, like in communion, just laughing at it. Yeah, because we were like, "What's the worst music video?" And, and Michael was like, "Oh, I gotta show you this. I gotta show you this music video." I showed that one. You, he I brought that one up. He's the one that brought it up. Yes. My bad. It was. How did I even hear about it? It was definitely for me. I know about it. I don't know. Did you also know about it? Yes. Yes. No, I think I. I can't remember. It was everywhere but it was, on YouTube when it came out. Yeah, that's that's probably why, honestly. Like, I mean, it's Ed Sheeran. He releases something and then it's everywhere. I, but, yeah. I think in dire need of help, just because uh, I feel like he he had potential and he he has a fantastic voice, but I feel like he didn't know what to do with all that potential and all that money and all that voice, and now <laughs> he is listening to the closest person to yeah. him, which is probably going to be. A record executive is going to be like, 
we're going to get someone to write your song and you're just going to sing over it and you're going to be fine. And he's like, okay, and money's going to come in. Yeah. You know? And I don't, I don't blame him at all. Yeah. But he needs help. I mean, yeah, his first album. <laughs> Not as much as Kanye, but he needs help. <laughs> okay, Kanye is... Kanye needs help. <laughs> he needs... He needs an, an emergency, I just, bro. Every time I start to love him, I'm just like, oh, God, why? I, I <laughs> love him just bite his fox. Oh, it's just, it's, I don't even, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. No comment. When I dance, I look like what? Not me, you. A, a very weird flailing monkey. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I can't. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> ask, any, ask anybody that has ever seen me dance before. I do this little thing on stage where it's like, I kind of look like a, like my, my knees are just kind of like, 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 go, like bending and then not bending. Gumby? Sort of. It's like, I like step like side to side, like type of shit. It's just like with my knees just like constantly like a spring. Just like, imagine that. While going side to side, that's that's what it looks like. It's it just looks weird, and then just general dancing in terms of like on the dance floor. I don't. I've done it once. I don't either. I'm and that's answer. because a specific girl was involved oh, and nothing else. Oh God! No other. <laughs> the things we do for these girls, right? Oh, yeah. All right, Michael. What fashion trend do you wish would disappear forever? <laughs> I'm not a fan of the fishnets. Okay. All right. Fishnets. Okay. 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 So he's like the brute. Street smart or book smart? I th- I think I know this one. Book smart. I I think so too. I totally. I don't even know why I asked you that question. <laughs> okay. So what celebrity annoys you the most? Celebrity. I don't even know if I keep up with celebrity culture enough to say that, but... Well, I mean, the default. Cardi B. <laughs> I'm kidding. Cardi B is annoying. She is. Um, yeah. not, not, not so much I feel like you relate a lot to Sting. I feel like both of the gyms. Huh? I, I feel like you relate a lot to Sting. 100%. Why is that? The gym. Kim Allen? Yeah. Yes. 100%. Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement? Both of the Jimmies? You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my. That's my. Just because. Um. I mean, like. It, it's like one of those things where. I am never, ever, 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 ever going to watch your show because of you. I am watching it because of the guests. Yes. And if anything, you are. You are inhibiting that experience of me getting to know this guest that I've signed up yeah. to watch. Yeah. But um, I can. Definitely say that the experience with you has been the complete opposite. So, I've been a lovely host here. I've been a lovely host. But in those cases, yeah. I agree with that. There's this clip of, like, I I still don't even know if it's staged. I hope for his sake that it was staged, but there's this, like, instance where Jimmy Kimmel, I think it was. Jimmy Kimmel. So hard to discern. Yeah, it's like, they're they're clones. They're all just made in a factory. But (laughs) Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel was doing an interview with Joaquin Phoenix in, um, have you seen the Joker movie? Yes. Okay. This was for the Joker movie. Mm -hmm. And he was being like quite a bit of an asshole to Joaquin Phoenix. And he was just kind of looking at him the whole time. Like, and it's, it was uncanny. Like the the parallels that were being drawn to the very movie that he was promoting. 
just the the talk show scene in that movie and what was going on there. I was half expecting Joaquin to just like lose his mind right then which and there. Which is quite possible. Which is quite possible. And I was like, oh my god, what am I watching? The thing is, it's like, it's like on one hand, yeah, a lot of these things are staged, but on another hand, it's like, I'm gonna be honest, I don't think Jimmy Kimmel, his show is big brain enough at that level where mm-hmm. they did mm. that on purpose. No, no, it's, especially not. it's just, not at all. Especially just, like, looking at his face, because he looks like... He does kind of... There's kind of a moment where I feel like he looks like, oh, I think I may have overstepped here or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like... Mm. Maybe that wasn't planned. Like, Joaquin Phoenix literally looks like he's dying inside. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt so... I, no, no, Joaquin oh. Phoenix is an amazing actor. No, in the he moment when like, he was yeah. in that interview, oh, he was in that like... Moment. Oh, yeah. He looked like he yeah. was dying inside, just like... Did you guys see his nudie end here, or... This is a wait. What the hell is the name of it? Oh, uh, oh, you were never really here. No, that's what it. Is, is it new? I was no, never really here. It was the documentary that um, he did. It was. It left everybody wondering if he, if it was actually true, where he was leaving the industry and becoming a rap star. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> what is the name? Oh my God, was that not great? I haven't. I haven't. So... I haven't seen it. It's on my list. That's you gotta watch it. <laughs> I. I have it. Absolutely massive movie list. The fact that he pulled off making people actually think that that was going to happen. It was absolutely brilliant. And it was um, produced or directed by um, Casey Affleck. Um, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> okay, let me see here. This is me. It's going to drive me nuts. I'm sorry. Got to figure it out. Uh, he is uh, one to, of my favorite actors. To, um, to add on to what you're saying about like, talk show hosts getting in the way of the actual interviews. Um, I, I feel like uh, Zappa talked about this because uh, Zappa in, in almost all of the interviews says he dislikes interviews. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And, the number, and the reason why was because he felt that it was a very unnatural way of finding out who a person was. And he, he described it as like no conversation feels like a mm-hmm. TV interview, a five-minute TV right. interview. Exactly. Well, I think that it's a little different when you have, like, more intimate settings, just like with... But when there's an audience, I think that it changes there. there because yeah. it, it becomes a lot more about putting on a show. Right. Type of mm. deal. It's true. Yeah. And, like, I even remember, like, one where... Um, so this was the other Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. where Roger Waters came on for it. And uh, he started asking questions about Sid Barrett. Okay. But he did it in a very, very insensitive way. And you could tell that, like... Roger was, he was angry. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was, like, containing it, you know? He was, like, mm-hmm. being polite. He was, like, no. Because he was saying things like, um, like, there's there's that the, the whole story that I brought up earlier where Sid Barrett showed up to the studio mm-hmm. while they were recording Wish You Were Here. He showed up, and he was unrecognizable because he'd gained a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. He had shaved his head and his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And he started, like, making jokes about it. He was, like, didn't he, like, come in with, like, a lollipop, too, or something? And he's, like... Or, well, no, that didn't happen, but uh, the, the whole thing, and, and, like, he was laughing about it, so he's like, I, I don't know why you're laughing about it, it's a very serious matter, I, did, I don't I don't think that's worth mm. joking about. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was a little sad to see, especially because he just kind of, he just kind of brushed it off, he's like, no, 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 I, 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 that wasn't my intention, but anyway, and then he just kept talking, and it's like, I don't know. No, I think that Fallon's a little bit more tolerable than... Than you know, Kimmel? Kimmel is more tolerable than Fallon. No. 
Actually, they're both the same. One acts like they're perpetually trying to be loved and, like, make it seem like he gets drinks with the person. And then the other one... Yeah. The other one has a history of blackface. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yes. What? It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm still here. You've got to check it out. Ah, okay, okay. We'll check it out, then. Incredible. Okay, so, anyhow... If you had one message for your fans, what would it be? We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's next for you guys? Like, what's in the upcoming months? Lots of gigs, releases? Yeah, so, like, the main thing here, mm-hmm. uh, this is, like, coming out in around March, right? So, okay. What we got is the album, Head First. It's our debut album. Uh, coming out March 12th. That's a Saturday, and we're also going to be doing a release gig for that day. So if you're in town, if you're in the area, make sure to stop by. We'd love to have you there. And it's uh, it's something that we've been working on for a long time. It's completely just, like, in our garage, produced by us. And, uh, yeah, it became sort of a meme at one point where uh, people, like, would just ask, like, when's the album coming out? Because we were taking so long, and because we never knew when it was coming out, because it was always like, okay, it's not quite done yet. It's still not quite done yet, and we kept pushing it back. We thought September, yeah. then November. Yeah, and then eventually we put a stopper on it, and we were like, okay, this is the this is the final product, and uh, we're proud of this, and we put our heart and soul into it, and we hope that you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it, and as much as we enjoyed playing it live. So know? where's the release party going to be at? You know that place uh, it's going to be a house uh, in North Miami. Okay. Um, it's our show. So they're going to have to DM you for the address if they're coming? Yes. Okay. Um, we'll probably make it once we finalize yeah. that, uh, those details, uh, there will be more information out. Okay. Um, in the meantime, I'd like to tell all our fans that um, you're on an island. And you're, you're in island. You're on an island? And you are an island. Tomas is an island. Michael is an island. Stage Mom is an island. <laughs> and we, at times, might feel lonely as an island, as a small piece that's not part of a bigger whole. But no island is complete without an ocean. And it's the ocean that connects us all. Connects us all. Make sure that we're islands. And the only way to reach out across those oceans is through sound waves. And we're hoping that the album does exactly that. It shall be your ocean on which to connect to other people. Yes. Wow. Really? Yeah. I told you you're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so any, do you have anything else you want to let everybody know? Or? Um, I th- I, huh? Possible business ventures? No. 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 No, I feel like there's definitely something I'm missing, and I'm gonna remember it as soon as oh, you well, stop recording. Oh well, shows, shows yes. coming up. Yeah, shows, what are your upcoming shows? Shows. Oh well, a majority of them will have been done by the time that this interview is out. I'd like to get I, them out of the way anyway. Sure, <clears throat> sure. 
Um, Actually, you know what? You should say to them like we already did them, and they went fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you want to thank everyone for coming. So I want to I want to thank you guys really for coming out February twelfth to our uh, T and Poets gig. That shit was phenomenal. It was awesome. Tore the house down. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> And then on the 25th, when we did that one at uh, Subtropical Affairs, like, Shout Frog Show Mercy, Creature, Creature Cage, Floridians, Frog Show Mercy, they were all Floridian. there. It was, like, the event of the century, and I'm glad you guys were there to witness it. Uh, and then... And then come out And then next, next, next up, yeah, is March 12th, is that the, the house show. Which, the release party. The release party. Yes. And that's going to be interesting. We're going to play the whole album, see how that goes. Fun. And then um, after that, we are planning... A show at a coffee house again. We want to go underground. Cause, yeah, because we only we only played once. So fun to play there. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and the people there are really nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's great. The tater tots are to die for. Delish. Never have. Uh, gonna have to try them out. You, you do it. They they take a little while to like finish making them, but once they're there, it's like they took a while to make my tea. So it's I can just, imagine how long it takes for tater tots. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just because okay. they have less, they don't have that many people working yeah. there, but like it's... It's, it's all volunteer it's, now. They really? don't even get paid. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So you gotta tip them when you're there. Yes, yeah. make sure to tip them. Support your local scene. Please yes. support the local scene. So you scene. guys don't have merch yet. Are you planning on getting any merch? Yes. Okay. yes. Will you have it available for um, Zach's for the show? House show? Hopefully. Okay. I mean, the plan is um, by the time this is out, it should, the merch should be around. Okay. All right. Um. So far, the only thing we have is stickers. We're trying to make shirts, mm-hmm. hoodies, yep. pins, yep. things of the sort. Uh, we're trying to see if we can finalize, like, a website mm-hmm. as well in where to sell all of our yep. merch and mm-hmm. have all of our stuff. Then we realized that we don't have any pictures of us, and that was a little... Um, for some reason, we always just forget to do, like, photo shoots mm-hmm. and things like that, so... The website ended up a little empty, but we're getting there. We're starting right. to take more. Yeah. yeah, we're doing more photo shoots, mm-hmm. just trying to like fill up the space and uh, make the website look nice and tidy mm-hmm. for all of you. And what's your mm-hmm. um, Instagram and do you have uh, Twitter and? Yeah, so our Instagram is at uh, telecon dot official. That's T E L E K O N dot official, and then Twitter also tele uh, without the dot, just telecon official. Uh. TikTok, telecon.official. It's all kind of the same so that it's easy to follow. Yes. Um, we're trying to be more active on Twitter and TikTok, mm-hmm. but uh, it's especially difficult just because I think us as a collective, we don't spend much time on those platforms. Right. So trying to get to know them is a little more, you know, you got to find your way and all yeah. that. And, um, but yeah, Instagram seems to be like our sort of like our main hub of operations. Yeah, it is. And mm-hmm. um, we have a YouTube channel. Which, like I mentioned earlier, has been usurped by the evil telecon. <laughs> but uh, we do we do post things there every now and then. And um, what else do we have social media wise? I think that's we have SoundCloud. We have we have our link tree, Bandcamp, yeah. mm. and obviously all our stuff is on Spotify. Follow us there. Right, right. Apple Music, Deezer, all the big platforms. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all of it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Of course. Thank I you. I really enjoyed talking with you guys. I found you super interesting. Thank you. Very mature. And 
and um, I, I'm gonna try to make it out to the coffee house uh, gig so I can see you guys live. And hopefully not go through the floor. <laughs> so, All right. Thank you. Luck. Thank you very much. Hopefully I will. Okay.